Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the Barrens discussing the 2017 supernatural horror film, It Chapter One. This film is directed by Andy Muschietti with a screenplay by Chase Palmer, Carrie Fukunaga, and Gary Doberman, based off of the classic 1986 Stephen King novel. With both the novel and the 1990 miniseries to build from, It Chapter One retells the classic story with a modern twist. This film takes risks with its 1980s backdrop and unique version of Pennywise while still remaining faithful to its source material. This film was recommended to us by friend of the show, Deanna Chapman. For talk on all things Stephen King, check out her podcast, Chat Cemetery. If you're a constant reader, you don't want to miss it. So what did you guys think about It Chapter One the first time you saw it? I think we've seen this in the movie theaters, right? We did. All right. Um, I do remember liking it. I'm not going to lie. We've seen it that one time, right? And then yeah. that was it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I I don't enjoy a lot of child-like actors. Like sometimes the kids can be annoying in movies. Uh-huh. But I feel like in this one, they did a really good job. Yeah, definitely. They, it was funny. It was great. You were like wanting to see what they were going to do next. And mm-hmm. I do remember like in the movie and watching it this time. I mean, it was, it was, you know, <laughs> it wasn't as good as watching it the first time. I do still like it, but I, I've got some problems right. watching it. No, I agree. I mean, I remember seeing this for the first time at the theater with our parents mm-hmm. and we enjoyed it. But I mean, personally, this is probably my favorite story and novel possibly ever. Yeah. And so the bar is like really high. Right. And I just, I mean, I don't know. I It had been a while since I had seen it before we watched it for the show mm-hmm. this time. But I think from revisiting it, I may have a few controversial opinions. <laughs> I <laughs> can't right. wait. <laughs> but <laughs> it's funny because I did go back and refresh myself on the novel because it had been so long that some of the finer details were lost, almost like when you leave Derry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of revitalized and reminded me how much I love the story. And then I watched the movie again and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my, my only thing is that, like we had talked about with The Shining too, there's no way some, in some instances, there's no way a movie is going to live up to the book. Right. Fair. And... I kind of knew that going into it. I think maybe I had prepared myself very well because I, I'm i a big Stephen King fan and I'd have been dirt burned by movies before <laughs> a lot. So you know it's not going to be as good as the book. I know that this Pennywise is not going to be Tim Curry. Right. No. You got to prepare yourself for these things. <laughs> and so having prepared myself, I did, for the most part, really enjoy this. I am that person, though, the I'm actually uh-huh. person that's like, that's yeah. not how it happened in that book. And so I do have a couple things like that, but I feel like they did a good job. It's not perfect. No. But I, I do enjoy it. They did a job. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think my thing is is you have the opportunity to make an R-rated version. Right. Which was an opportunity not afforded to them when they no. made the miniseries. But it blows my mind that that was on TV. Oh, there was in, in 1990. Yes. I was like, holy shit. Because I rewatched it as well. I did too. But I think I think it is fair. This movie does capture a lot of what makes the novel great. Right. 
But at the same time, there are so many missed opportunities and unnecessary changes that just <laughs> infuriate <Yeah>. me. <laughs> There's one in particular that I was I told UT that I was ranting about and I felt like that meme where that girl's crying and trying to explain something and the, the lady's just laying there and looking at her talking to John Paul. And I'm like, I just don't understand why they did it. And JP he's like, like all right. right. <laughs> Me neither. I don't well, get it either. <laughs> that's good though. So you've read, you have read the book too. Yes. Okay, good. Because I have, I have not. Okay. And I do like Stephen King and I've read some of his uh, books and whatnot, but I do have questions too that later on, you know what I mean. We can, I can ask, and then maybe you guys can. Well, we'll try our best. Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we show this film our deadlights, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's throw some rocks. So I feel like they kind of set the atmosphere because even over the New Line Cinema logo, there's the red balloon and it's raining and you hear a child laughing. I'm like, we about to do this. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, it's so immersive when they do this, when they incorporate the tone yeah. and the atmosphere for the logos. More films need to do this. Yeah. I know because oh, I, yeah. I genuinely appreciate it when they do. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, he's already here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the film opens properly with piano as we see a rainy street and focus in on a house. Inside, a boy carefully makes a paper boat. Now, it's not a newspaper, which is what it... Yeah. Mm -hmm. But whatever. Again, nitpick. <laughs> but this is Bill Dinbro, played by Jaden Martell. His little brother, Georgie, played by Jackson Robert Scott, draws a smiley face on the condensation of the window and is just sitting there waiting. We learn a couple things right off the bat. Number one is that Bill is sick and won't be going with Georgie on his adventures outside today. Mm -hmm. Secondly, Bill has an issue with stuttering. He sends Georgie down into the cellar to get wax for the boat. And Georgie reluctantly grabs a walkie talkie and leaves as Bill writes SS Georgie on the little boat. Before he leaves, he wipes the smiley face away. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's prescient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, yeah. As Georgie walks downstairs, we get a subtitle that reads October 1988. Now, this is where my problems with the film begin. <laughs> Don't be like that. <laughs> I can't help it. I feel like we might actually disagree with something here, but okay. go ahead. I think my issue with the time jump, because the book takes, it begins 1958. Yes. And the movie is 1988. Right. My thing is they do this time jump, I guess, to make it more modern. Like right. we talked about in the intro. A right. modern twist. <laughs> <laughs> but my main issue with this is that it makes a lot of sense for a kid to be making a paper boat and going outside to play with it in 1958. But in 1988, him and Bill would be playing fucking Nintendo on this rainy day. I mean, I guess I, I didn't look at it that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, but I, I feel like you can't you can't just switch it because the 80s are hot right now and super nostalgic and fun. But Bill's mom didn't allow Nintendo in the house. Is that? That's in the novel. <laughs> She's like, it's because it hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think of that. I kind of like the time jump because I am a, a sucker. I'm like, ooh, 80s. Um, <laughs> I, I like the time jump because I feel like it kind of, like I said, adds a modern twist mm -hmm. and makes it a little more like relatable to right. the generation that's watching it, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I, I'm not I mad get at it. the time jump. But I didn't, saying. I didn't know that. But I can see what you're saying. <laughs> like, and I, I think that they really do sacrifice a lot 
and we'll get into it more by just doing that. And it seems so arbitrary to me. Right. Because it's not like you can't relate. It's not like the 1850s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. All right, I'll give you that one. All right, thank but you. That's all. That's one, and that's, that's one. it. <laughs> but he passes his mother, who's playing the piano that we've been hearing, and fearfully approaches the cellar door. I like the calming, spooky piano, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you really need to be playing that. This dude's gonna go downstairs. It's like, mom, can you stop? Yeah. For <laughs> I remember in the novel they played for Elise. Yes, which would not have fit here. No. So I'm glad that they did change that. <laughs> I wish they would have. <laughs> He's just yeah, dancing. Just down like, I love this shit. <laughs> but after a long moment of hesitation, he finally goes down into the cellar only to be startled by Bill telling him to hurry up on the walkie talkie. It's like he's been gone for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, Bill's impatient. <laughs> but Georgie tries to turn on the light switch, which, of course, does not work. He reminds himself that he's brave and starts walking down the stairs. He finds the wax and turns to leave. But he sees what looks like two eyes staring at him from the darkness. And he turns on a flashlight and it's just two marbles on a shelf. Why are we keeping those marbles together? <laughs> Why is there only two for of that. them? Yeah, never again. For, for this that, scare. Yeah. Well, he's going to scare the shit out of Georgie. <laughs> Bill did it. <laughs> but thunder cracks and Georgie hauls ass out of the cellar. Back in Bill's room, Georgie leans on him as he carefully paints the boat. He gives it to Georgie, teaching him that you always call boat she. And Georgie takes it and hugs Bill, thanking him for the boat and just runs out of the room. Bill goes to his window to see Georgie, now wearing boots and a raincoat, run out into the rain. So two things here. One positive, one negative. (laughs) (laughs) The positive is that I really like that they're setting up that these brothers are close. Yeah. It's a very sweet relationship Mm -hmm. that we see. The only negative I have is you're telling me in 1988, oh in this waspy ass neighborhood, Georgie's mother is letting him outside in the storm. That well, d- I feel like at the very beginning he's like, "Are you sure I won't get in trouble or something like that?" I think maybe his mom doesn't know that he's going out there. Did Bill make a deal with her? I don't know. Look, let Georgie. <laughs> I'm sick of shit. All right, I can't. You know it. The fuck uh, I know it. <laughs> uh, that's actually something I also wrote down. Oh, yeah. I so said, I get it. It's supposed to be the 80s or whatever, but it's raining outside, like yes. you said, and it's thundering. And it's, you're going to let your six, right? Yes. He's, your no, six little, year old yeah. go out. And even if that, you're going to let your little brother get, fucking go out there like that. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I mean, uh, <laughs> stop it. Yes, yeah. he did. But Georgie waves up at him, and Bill reminds him on the walkie talkie to be careful. So he gives a shit. Mm. He cares. At least Bill um, can. Georgie's like, don't fucking tell yeah. mom. Yeah. <laughs> but Georgie places the boat into a current of rainwater running down the side of the street and it's off. Georgie laughs and runs after the boat. And I I had a text to full disclosure, <laughs> to be like, what the fuck do I call this thing? We're calling it a construction barricade. All right. I've also, I meant to text you, I read somebody called it a sawhorse on yeah, like some that, kind of summary. That's what they, they, they are. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh. He ducks under a sawhorse (laughs) (laughs) that reads Dairy Public Works, but he runs right into the next one. How embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in the miniseries, I'm trying to remember how it goes in the novel, but the boat just gets away from him. Yeah. (laughs) In this version, they're like, no, we got to fuck him up a little little bit. Because otherwise, Georgie would be on top of it. We need a pratfall. (laughs) Yeah. With this, for whatever reason, CG boat. 
Yeah, I didn't yeah. understand that either. You can tell it's floating in like it's it's like someone pasted it onto the frame. It's like you can't just attach a fishing line. Nope. If we learned anything from Leslie Vernon, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even he said most of that CGI. Oh, fair. All right. Very fair. But Georgie sits up and kind of tries to get his mind right. But the boat is just still going. He gets up and races after it, but it's too late. The runaway boat falls right down into the storm drain. Georgie yells after the boat and kneels down to look inside. He laments that Bill is going to kill him and just continues looking like the, like the boat is going to come back up. <laughs> but suddenly, orange eyes open in the darkness and a voice calls out, Hiya, Georgie. The owner of the voice steps into the light of the storm drain and we see it is holding Georgie's boat. This is Pennywise, the dancing clown, played by Bill Skarsgård. Now, I don't want to hear any Tim Curry comparisons. You don't? If you got him, <laughs> fucking get him out of the way right now. <laughs> I, okay, I will just say very quickly, I have to commend him for his dedication to this role mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he is all in <laughs> right. on Pennywise the Dancing Clown, and I respect it. Just one thing. I read an interview in Collider with Andy Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti, and they were talking about how in the miniseries, they said... You could tell Tim Curry was an evil clown from Jump. With this movie, we want to have more of a child. I was like, that's a hard disagree. Stop talking. Because first of all, this clown is fucking terrifying immediately. From Jump. Yeah. From Jump. (laughs) Tim Curry literally seemed like a just regular clown that just somehow ended up in a storm drain. (laughs) I believed his story about the circus blowing him down there. I, you know. I don't so, believe this guy. No, he looks evil immediately. He does. And the novel describes him. He said if they had known what it was, he would be Ronald McDonald like. Yeah. This motherfucker. This no- <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not taking one McNugget from this dude. <laughs> it honestly reminded me of when we were talking about The Shining and we were right. like, Jack is supposed to go crazy, not start crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to scare the shit out of me the first no. time I see you. Your teeth are sharp right yeah. now. <laughs> But I think he does a really great job. I think yeah, he does. Good. I, I do agree with that aspect of it that maybe we should have eased into the yeah, terrifyingness yeah. because he is scary from <laughs> the get go. And again, it's the 1980s. Yeah. Georgie would run away. Yeah. I don't care. He doesn't care about the boat anymore. Yeah. Fuck He's like, that I got to fucking into that. Yeah. I got Mario in that. No. I'd rather get my ass kicked by Bill than no. fucking deal with your sharp teeth. <laughs> I got Nintendo in the house. <laughs> But Pennywise tells Georgie that he looks like he has a lot of friends and Georgie admits that he does have three, but his brother is his best friend, but he's homesick in bed. We see that Pennywise's eyes are now blue. I don't know if y'all caught that. They are kinder now. They are. Yeah. They're orange when he opens them and then they turn blue as he's talking to Georgie. But it, as it is talking to Georgie, not he, it's not a man. Right. Um. (laughs) But it tells Georgie that it bets it could cheer his brother up by giving him a balloon. It offers Georgie a balloon. And when Georgie tells it, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fuck up sometimes. If, but you, <laughs> if you have to stop yourself every time, just say him. Y'all know, y'all know this is not a man, okay? Um, but he says he's not allowed to accept things from strangers. So Pennywise introduces itself. Now they're not strangers anymore. 
a woman and her cat step out onto their porch and see Georgie leaning down into the storm drain, but the woman just walks away. Yeah, <laughs> come on. You're not going to at least say, hey, what do you, you know, did you it's, lose something down there? Or, it's fucking raining. <laughs> just, say, hey, get away from there, kid. Yeah, yeah. That it's cat's not, like, it's raining me and dogs yeah. down here. <laughs> <laughs> It's not sprinkling. No. It's fucking pouring outside. (laughs) But Georgie asks why it's in the sewer. And Pennywise explains that it and the whole circus were blown away into the sewer by the storm. Now, this clown, I don't believe. (laughs) (laughs) But it asks Georgie, can't he smell the circus? At this point, it is drooling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I read that those teeth that he's wearing would make Bill Skarsgård drool like mm-hmm, a little bit. Right. And Andy Muschietti was like, yes, use that, use that. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it, it's a lot of drool. <laughs> I, it's funny because anytime I watch TV or movies with mom and anybody she drools, she's like, ugh, yeah. and she'll look away. <laughs> she can't. But she commended this. She said, this I like because it makes sense. He's hungry. Yeah. Right. It's hungry. It's <laughs> <laughs> I did my best, goddammit. I know. We just started and it's over. You're doing a great job. (laughs) (laughs) But Georgie admits that he can smell the popcorn, which is his favorite. And wouldn't you know, it's Pennywise's favorite, too. They start making popping sounds together and laughing. And Georgie finally relaxes. And, you know, he's laughing. They got stuff in common now. Right. We both love popcorn. Mm -hmm. I mean, best friend status. But Pennywise suddenly stops laughing and starts like, a low growl. Yeah. Georgie realizes it's time to be hitting the old dusty trail. (laughs) Pennywise reminds him that he can't leave without his boat because Bill's going to kill him. It holds out the boat and tells Georgie to take it. As Georgie reaches inside, Pennywise's eyes turn back to orange and he grabs Georgie's arm. It opens its mouth to reveal like rows and rows of like razor sharp teeth and they clamp down on Georgie's arm. Georgie screams and begs for help as he turns and crawls away from the storm drain with his arm now completely torn off. I love that they actually went for it. Yes, me too. And showed his torn off arm Mm -hmm. because in the miniseries, in the 90s, for some reason, Kids Dying was... You couldn't, right? You couldn't do it. They would just show like a bloody kite or something. Yeah, (laughs) that was a silver bullet. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, oh, that means that kid's dead. The kid died. But they would probably just show his raincoat or something like that. But here you see his fucking arm missing yeah. and blood pouring yeah, out no, of it. Yeah, no, it's it's gruesome. Yeah, because you don't even know that happens in the miniseries no. until later when one of the kids is like, his brother's arm got torn clean like, off. I it's didn't like, see that part. When did that, <laughs> when did that happen? That <laughs> deleted scene? Or? But yeah, they they went for it. Oh, yeah. Pennywise's hand reaches out and pulls Georgie down into the sewer with it, leaving only blood in the water on the street. Georgie calls for his brother as he's pulled under, which is fucking sad. It's very sad. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm Are not, you laughing? I'm, be, <laughs> that's kind of going against what I'm saying here. It's, it's really very sad. <laughs> no, my, my issue with it is if I... Now, thankfully, I've never been in the situation where a storm drain clown has torn my arm off with his massive, like, fucking 10 million teeth. <laughs> but I don't think that I would be even co... Like, my mind would be shattered... So I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, nay. <laughs> I I would just be screaming hysterically. We're all one bad decision away from getting our arm ripped off and pulled into a stranger. <laughs> but that cat was still on the porch and is the only witness to what right. happened. Mm-hmm. 
it starts to meow and the lady goes over to him and sees the blood on the street and then it cuts to black. <laughs> that lady would have heard him. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, she's right there. The cat's mm-hmm. like, Room. she's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't hear this child screaming mm-hmm. like, like 10 feet away from you? I'm only tuned really? into my cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. The only thing that I can think is something that we'll bring up later. Okay. But she, I, we know she was still outside because she still had her coat on. She did. Mm-hmm. So. I, I've got I mean, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't excuse this lady. Because you know? I would have been like, hey, are you okay? To well, this the child. First time, yeah. Exactly. And then but... when you heard him scream, there was a second before he pulled him under. There was. So she would have tra- seen him. crawling yeah. away. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but for the title, we traveled through a tunnel and passed through the title that says it. I thought that was pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. I did like that. I, I'm i not a fan of the logo. Okay. I feel like, I don't know, I like the more bold logo of the novel and the miniseries. That's fair. I feel like it's a nod to something that we can't talk about yeah. until we cover It Chapter 2. And who knows when that will be. But hmm, Interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing, though, I do want to call out is I love the cinematography of this film. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it was done by Chung Hoon Chung, who is the cinematographer for a lot of Chan Wook Park films. Oh, man. Including Old Boy. Straight to my heart. Exactly. (laughs) So you know he fucking killed it on this film. Yeah. But a card now reads June 1989, which is the month and year I was born. That's creepy. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) The next thing we see is a farm and Leroy Hanlon, played by Stephen Williams, herds sheep over to his grandson, Mike Hanlon, played by Chosen Jacobs. Mike is holding a bolt gun to the sheep's head and Leroy urges him to pull the trigger. When Mike, sweaty and shaking, is unable to, Leroy snatches the gun away and does it himself. But then he goes off on Mike, Mm -hmm. I guess, for not pulling his own weight and taking responsibility when Leroy tries to compare Mike to his father, Mike reminds him that he's not his father. But Leroy says that there's two places you can be in life, outside like they are or inside the pen like the sheep. I don't know if there's ever a need to bolt a sheep's brains out. No. But <laughs> they're, they're doing it. I guess it. they are. But this to me sets up my biggest problem with the film. We'll get into I know more later. Yeah. But right now... They are already getting Mike's character wrong. Yes, they are. And I feel like that's probably my biggest complaint of the whole film. Right. But we can't we can't talk about it right now. <laughs> right. Planting the seeds. Yeah. <laughs> was he threatening that kid? Or was like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, I will put this yeah, bolt. I was, <laughs> I was like, God damn. Like, can, you, yeah. can you calm down? The farmhand's like, that's your grandson, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> But he tells Mike if he keeps wasting time, someone's going to make the decision for him, whether he's outside or inside, and he won't know until he feels the bolt himself, which maybe he is right. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be the one pulling it. (laughs) We get an interesting transition of the sheep being released from their pen and kids leaving a classroom as the bell rings. And I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Bill walks down the hall with Eddie Kasprak, played by Jack Dylan Grazer, and Richie Tozier, played by Finn Wolfhard. So not only are we moving into the 80s like Stranger Things, we've got the kid from Stranger Things. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Okay, just making sure. (laughs) They're crudely discussing their friend Stan's bar mitzvah before they're joined by Stan, Stan Uris, played by Wyatt Olaf, and he dispels rumors of circumcision (laughs) and sets the record straight. 
They're all smiles and laughs until they pass a group of boys and fall silent and look nervous. The boys are Henry Bowers, played by Nicholas Hamilton, Belch Huggins, played by Jake Sim, Victor Chris, played by Logan Thompson, and Patrick Hockstetter, played by Owen Teague. Did y'all catch all that? Got all yeah. of that. <laughs> and I do want to commend them for actually including all of them because yeah. the, the miniseries no, didn't. No, it didn't. And Patrick is one of the most important characters and the miniseries left him out completely. They're like, we don't need him. Well, some of them, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Richie begins to joke about what those boys would write in his yearbook as they pass an angry looking girl. This is Greta, played by Megan Sharpentier. The boys walk away and we begin to follow Greta into the restroom. Before we go into the restroom, I just want to point out Eddie and Richie have off the charts chemistry. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I can't no. I can't say it enough. There <laughs> Richie is great. He's very funny. Finn Wolfhard does a fantastic yeah, job. Very good. The star of the show for me <laughs> is Eddie. I that fucking kid. I laugh every time he says anything. My thing was I never pictured Eddie this funny, but he's no. fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I read on IMDb that a lot of their banter, the two of them, was improvised. I love oh. it. I love it. And you're like, well, these kids are actually yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Genuinely so. Yeah. Okay, in the restroom, another girl points to a stall and Greta kicks it. Beverly Marsh, played by Sophia Lillis, sits inside the stall smoking a cigarette. After some casual slut shaming from Greta, Bev puts her cigarette out on the wall. Another girl is filling a trash bag with water from the sink and Greta tells Bev that they just wanted to remind her that she's trash. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, cool. Um, (laughs) But the girl with the trash bag stands on the toilet in the next stall and Bev covers her head with her backpack just in time for the girl to pour the garbage bag of wet trash on right. her. I don't condone bullying in the slightest, but at least this is inventive. It's new. I've <laughs> never seen this done before. <laughs> it's new. In a movie or otherwise. No. They didn't just shove her into a locker. Yeah. <laughs> but they laugh, saying that at least she'll smell better now and they tell her to have a nice summer before leaving the restroom. She called her Beaverly? Beaverly. She did. Wow. That's <laughs> just wow. That wasn't as creative. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Stick to the trash, girl. Yeah. Jeez. We see the school sign out front with the words, remember the curfew, 7 p.m. on it. Bill, Eddie, Stan, and Richie dump their backpacks into the outside trash cans. <laughs> we don't We're need any of this. Run, son. <laughs> and they try to make plans for tomorrow. After some mom jokes on behalf of Richie and Stan <laughs> suggesting that they go to the quarry, Bill reminds them that they have the Barons, and they're all like, "Oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> Just er- amped about the Barons. No. <laughs> no. Just earlier, my mom would have beat my ass if I threw away my trapper yeah. keeper and all that <laughs> shit for for school. Absolutely uh, not. Uh-uh. <laughs> Eddie points out that he sees Betty Ripsom's mom and we see a worried looking woman scanning the crowd of kids with police behind her. We learn that Betty Ripsom has been missing for the last three weeks. Stan asks if they think they'll find her and Richie jokes that they'll find her, but she'll be decomposed and smelling like Eddie's mom's underwear. <laughs> Bill reminds them that she's not dead. She's missing. And Richie's immediately like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like that's another change from the novel that I don't quite get. And we'll get to it more in regards to Bill and Georgie. Okay. Because it just, I mean, especially with what we saw. Right. But yeah. they didn't see that. Mm, well. <laughs> As they start to walk away, the boys they passed earlier descend on them. 
Henry pulls Richie's backpack and knocks him into Stan, causing both of them to fall. Patrick flings Stan's yarmulke into a passing school bus and belch. Well, he belches. belches. (laughs) (laughs) As the bullies walk away, Bill calls after Henry that he sucks. Henry turns and makes fun of Bill's stutter. Low hanging fruit. Yeah. He tells him he got a free ride this year because of what happened to Georgie, but the ride is over now. Can I just say that that's hilarious to me that even Henry's like, okay, no, that, that was would be lot. too far. Yeah. <laughs> that would be too much. To- <laughs> and then to bully him on top of that, I just can't. I can't do that. I can't in good conscience. No. <laughs> he sees a cop looking at him, the cop that was with Betty Ripsom's mom, and simplifies it by saying, the summer's going to be bad for you. <laughs> He licks his hand and rubs it on Bill's face before they all get in Belch's car and leave. Richie says that he wishes Henry would go missing, but Eddie says that Henry is probably the one doing it. Which you're like, hmm. Yeah. The cops were right there. They didn't see any of that shit or hear no. any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, one thing we'll learn in a bit yeah. about Henry right. kind of makes sense of that, I it guess. It does. Right. But that's a long... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Ben Hanscom, played by Jeremy Ray Taylor, takes his bike from the bike rack and holds onto this like big project. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's blocking the stairs. Bev approaches and asks if he's going to let her by. He drops his project and then his bike. (laughs) She just stands there and watches him. She could have helped a little. She She tells him that Henry and company are by the west entrance. So he should be fine because everybody knows that Henry is looking for Ben. She takes his headphones off and asks what he's listening to. And it turns out it's new kids on the block. He's like, I don't even like them. (laughs) He didn't have Apple music. It didn't come on random. (laughs) She introduces herself and he says he knows her because they were in social studies together. He's been, but everyone just calls him the new kid. She tells him that there are worse things to be called. And she's right. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah, Beaverly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Much worse. Yeah. (laughs) Much worse than the new kid. (laughs) She takes his yearbook out of his bag to sign, and when she opens it, she sees that nobody else has signed it. Very sad. Yes. She signs her name with hearts underneath, and he just stares at her in awe. (laughs) She tells him to stay cool and walks away, telling him to hang tough. Yeah. And he tries to keep the banter going, but she is gone. (laughs) <laughs> I love that he's like it's another uh, song yeah. of theirs. <laughs> he tried. I did want to point out Ben's project that gets ruined mm-hmm. is really the only reference we have in this film to his hobby of building things. Yeah, because it's such a big deal in the novel. But they're like, here's a project that he fucks up <laughs> that is broken in two seconds yeah. after you see. It. Yeah. So I'm like, I you know, hmm. and I feel like. My main point of contention with this film, that's part of it. Right. So we'll talk for sure. Next, we see Bill walking his bike silver up to his house and struggling with speech exercises. In the garage, his father confronts him about a model he made of hamster tunnels, reminding him that they had made an agreement. Bill asks just to show him what he made. He drops an army man into one of the tunnels he's made and runs water into it. The man falls out of a tube labeled the Barons. So that must be where Georgie is. It's So I think that's my problem is like, does Bill think that Georgie's just been living it up in the Barons for like a year? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, even if he knows. Not living it up. <laughs> he's got like a monkey butler and fucking, you know, an alligator 
butler. I already, he already, he's got two he butlers. Two butlers. <laughs> he but, said he was living it up. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of another profession, but all I'm saying is that even with what they know, and also the cops never looked for Georgie's body. Yeah. Again, that's something that maybe we can talk about later. Okay. I'm sorry we have to keep doing this to <laughs> no, you guys, but. No. But I mean, he's also, let's not forget that he is a child. Right. So maybe in his mind, maybe he knows Georgie's dead, but we could at least find his body, you know? Right. So it's not about him living it up. Probably. No. <laughs> okay. With not one, but two, two butlers. butlers. Two butlers? <laughs> but his father tells him that Georgie is gone. He's dead. He tells him to take this down before his mother sees it. And Bill has tacked up a map of dairy on the wall and. He takes it down and like scolds him for taking it out of his office. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, damn, dad. Like, yeah. He said to ask. Yeah. He, I mean, but it wasn't like, if you want it, just ask. He's like, next yeah. time you take it. <laughs> I can't say I understand. You know what I mean? Obviously mm-hmm. how hard that would be, but that's your son too, man. You know what yeah. I mean? He's just, you know, his brother's gone. You know, he just This lost is how he's it. trying yeah. to deal with it. And you're like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> well, but he, he lost a son. Right. Right. But he still got one right there. You can't just, you know what I mean? Like I said, I know it's got to be hard, but I mean, come on. Come on don't man. yell at him. <laughs> don't yell at him. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, not like that. Damn. He's just trying to find his little brother or something. Like, Take it down. Yeah. Like, like, you're a fucker. It's like, yeah. oh, shit. I was like, I'm not coming home anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we see Mike with the basket of his bike filled with packaged meats, and he's riding into dairy. He stops and starts unloading the packages outside of a butcher shop, but he sees Henry and company in their car and walks his bike into the alley next to the store, you know, to try to hide from him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They ride by and he breathes a sigh of relief. He starts to unload the bike again by the back door of the shop, but suddenly the chain on the door starts to rattle and the door tries to open. Fire begins to blaze inside and smoke pours out of the door as hands reach out and try to free themselves. His name is being called by the burning people inside and the door finally bangs open and we see Pennywise behind a divider like hanging from a meat hook. Yeah, he got leather faced. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It comes down and waves at Mike, its eyes glowing bright orange, which I guess is the bad color. Yeah, I I love this visual. Yes, a lot. Mike then realizes that Henry and his gang are driving at top speed down the alley toward him. He jumps out of the way just in time, but Henry leans out of the window, flicks a lit cigarette at him and tells him to get out of his town. So one thing I did want to say about the burning hands and everything. Yeah. They take it to mean something else later in the film, which I really don't like. I I agree. But I thought this was a reference to what happened at a... The black spot. Exactly. In the novel, there's a club that is burned down by racists, and it's called The Black Spot. And here's why I wish that it was The Black Spot, is because it's Henry's father that started The Black Spot when he was in the Air Force. Yes. And Dick Halloran from The Shining is a character in It, the novel. (laughs) Yeah, because he served... Mike's dad served with Dick. He was the cook there. It's rich. Like yeah. It's, yeah. There's rich history there. And I think at one point in this film, they're like, first it was the black spot. Like they mentioned yeah, it they in barely... passing, but it's like, can we talk yeah. about it for a minute? Like, and it's so cool. And I think that's the other thing is that with Henry flicking his cigarette at Mike, yeah, it's just him being a piece of shit. But right. in the novel, 
Henry's and his friends, they're a little, they're racist. Yeah, they're very racist. And like, uh, Mike's dad had an altercation with Henry's dad right. because they have like rivaling farms. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the N word all over Mike's dad's property. Like it's, a, there's a lot there to unpack that we leave packed. Farm yeah. gangs, huh? Farm gangs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, again, you move it from the fifties to the eighties and now you have to pretend racism didn't exist. I still took it as racist. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I he was much more overt in the novel. He was, yeah. And I would have loved for Mike to have that much more of a depth of character. Because and, he has none. And right. connection to Derry. Yeah. But we'll continue. Yeah. Man, so they could have made this like the MCU, huh? They could yeah. have. <laughs> no joke. Yeah. They could have. But the butcher finally comes out of the open door and asks Mike if he's okay, but Mike just looks at him afraid. We jump to a synagogue where Stan is practicing his reading of the Torah and the rabbi, who is also his father. No pressure. No, none. (laughs) Chastises him for not practicing. He tells Stan to put the book back in his office. Stan does so, shielding his eyes against a painting of a like twisted woman holding a flute. Why is that here? Yeah. (laughs) It's creepy as fuck. Yeah. He finally turns around to look at it and straightens its frame before putting the Torah back on the shelf. Before he turns around, we hear the painting clatter onto the floor. The lights in the room flicker, and some of them go out as Stan hangs the painting back up on the wall. I'd be like, Dad, you're painting. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> nope. All right. I knock something over. You yeah. need to go fix it. And then it. run away. Goodbye. <laughs> when he looks at it again, the woman is completely gone out of the painting. A door behind him slowly opens and the camera circles around to Stan and we see that the woman is standing in the darkness behind him. She drops the flute and it clatters loudly to the floor. Stan turns to face her and distorted voices yell as she steps out of the shadows toward him. She smiles, revealing rows of razor sharp teeth, kind of like the ones we saw Mm -hmm. from Pennywise. And Stan gets the hell out of there. Now, I don't hate this. But it did give me very much the best scene from The Conjuring 2 with the nine (laughs) painting vibes. No joke. Like major, right? Yeah, you're not alone. And um, I do have to disagree with you, though, because I did (laughs) hate this. (laughs) I know I've been complaining a lot. I just love this story so much. I feel like this is a major mistake that they made here. I'll explain why. First of all, the creature design is very reminiscent of Muschietti's film Mama. Mm. And I read on IMDb that originally it was an actress clearly playing this character, but then the more they went in, it just kept adding more effects and adding oh, more man. and more effects wow. until we what we see is basically just computer generated. Right. Yeah. No. And obviously so. And yeah. I feel like there's a, such an over reliance on CGI in this film when I would have loved practical effects. Oh yeah. You're not wrong. But my major problem with this is in the novel, Stan's major thing is that he's in denial of it even really existing. Mm -hmm. And so for maybe what the third scare in the film... It being Stan. Not only it being Stan, but it being undeniable. A fucking undeniable <laughs> thing. Like in the novel, he saw a hand and heard some voices. That can be explained away. And was away. able to right, rationalize right. it. Exactly. Yeah. This, you saw a fucking woman jump out of a painting <laughs> with razor sharp teeth and smile at you. Right. You can't be like, ah, that was just a shadow. No. <laughs> you saw that. You saw that shit. So, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that it just makes Stan look kind of stupid. <laughs> so i asked your sister this the other day and i don't know maybe you can't explain it now and maybe later Mm -hmm. but why is he able to be in the church 
Pennywise? Right. Obviously, there's good and evil in this universe or Uh in these. Why is he allowed in there? Like, shouldn't it, you know? The majority, in my memory, you can please help me. Mm -hmm. I remember Pennywise, most of his scares taking around sources of water, sinks, and, you know, the 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 Nebolt Street, the sewers, Mm -hmm. you know, like he has that connection there. And so he's fucking with shit. Right. I don't know where this synagogue is located. (laughs) There is a sink behind the painting. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just took it. I always took it as Pennywise represents something that transcends religion if that makes sense it's like a cosmic force of evil okay but there's always a yin and a yang where's the well where's the we other get, side of that we get easter eggs to the other yes, side of it do. but we uh, i mean am i wrong know? about the water or am i just talking on my no ass? i feel like that's a fair okay i feel like that's fair but i can't i can't answer your question is what i'm saying <laughs> right. so i'm just gonna keep talking until <laughs> until i half-ass answer it. all right that's uh, fair there is no God. No, All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's what he was looking for. <laughs> I just feel like it's something that it's so he's not a demon. He's not the devil. I feel like he's so evil that it doesn't like it doesn't matter. But I don't know. But that just, doesn't explain your point. Like that doesn't no. explain. What, I'm just really trying to defend. No, this. I know you are. <laughs> and I respect that. I just feel like I mean, I think that they're. I feel like Andy Muschietti just really wanted the scare in the movie. Probably. Yeah. Because all so the other... let's shoehorn it in there. Yeah, all the other scares have a thematic reason. Right. This doesn't. No. It really, <laughs> really, really doesn't. I can't even put a Band-Aid on it. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't. But we jump to Eddie's house, and as they raid Eddie's snacks, he takes issue with the fact that first Bill told them they were going to the Barrens, and now the plan is that they're going into the sewer, which I would also not be cool with. No. (laughs) But Richie finds a cabinet full of pills, and Eddie's like, those are private. Eddie puts his inhaler in his fanny pack, and they start walking to the door. They're stopped by Eddie's mom, Mrs. Kasprak, played by Molly Atkinson. She sits in a chair in the living room painting her nails and there's like a kid's show on the TV. Mm-hmm. She asks where they're going and they say they're going to go play croquet in Bill's yard and she warns Eddie not to roll in the grass because of his allergies. As they leave, she asks if he's forgetting something and clearly ashamed, he goes back to kiss her on the cheek. Richie asks if she wants one from him too and Eddie <laughs> pushes him outside. Just kids being kids, yeah. man. We see Richie, Eddie, Bill and Stan riding their bikes down the street. At the library, Ben signs a poem, Your Secret Admirer, and he holds it up. We see it's on a postcard addressed to Bev Marsh. The poem reads, Your hair is winter fire, January embers, my heart burns there too, which is fucking fire for an 11-year-old. <laughs> I think it's it's supposed to be a haiku. It doesn't follow. It doesn't. <laughs> well, yeah, even in the book, uh, he makes a really big deal about how much he loves haikus. Yeah. And I'm like, am I remembering what haikus are wrong? I was like, <laughs> Stephen King didn't have Wikipedia to... <laughs> he hears the boys go by on their bikes and looks out the window at them. The librarian comes by and slams a book on the table saying she found what he was looking for. She then scolds him for looking for books during summer vacation when he should be outside with his friends. I'm like, you're a librarian. Yeah. You should be like, read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to keep them in there. Exactly. What the hell? It'll open your mind to yeah. worlds, you know? <laughs> She's like, don't you have any friends? He's like, may I please just have the book? 
I just found that very rude and like yeah. weird for no reason. But I have a theory about it's not even it's one sentence, <laughs> <laughs> but we can't talk about it until like five okay. seconds from now. He opens the book. It's called The History of Old Dairy and begins looking through the pictures and news stories, one detailing an Easter explosion that killed 88 children. Behind him, just out of focus, another woman, I'm assuming another librarian, turns to look at him with a disturbing smile on her face and she just stands motionless. I think it's the woman that left the book. And that's why I don't think that she was ever a librarian. But she's over on another table. That's a different person. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Well, all I know is for me, this was a very effective very creepy thing happening in the background. Yeah, I agree. That lady? That you could, yeah, you yeah. could totally miss it. And she had Pennywise posture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she did. That's why I'm like, I don't think this is even a real person, man. He's like, read it. <laughs> he flips through a series of pictures with the same subtitle, a gruesome discovery in the wake of the Easter explosion. The series of photos get closer and closer to the branches of a tree until it finally reveals the head of a child with its eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dead. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying that kid's not okay? I don't think so. Scared, he closes the book and looks over at the headline of the newspaper, body found in canal, not Betty Ripsom. It's like, oh, so it's just another body. Great. (laughs) He hears the girl giggle and turns around. As music box music plays, a red balloon silently floats across the room. And this made me think of the scene, a scene in the miniseries. Yes. But anyway, I want to cover the miniseries someday. And I hope (laughs) everybody's down for that because... My friend Jazzy recommended it. Please. I love it so much. But everyone else in the library is still in silent. He follows the balloon into another room to see a smoking burned Easter egg on top of a short flight of steps. He follows the trail of more Easter eggs down into the archive room where he hears footsteps and rustling inside. He picks one of the eggs up and the giggles begin again and the electricity crackles and goes out. A girl runs through the back of the archives. He turns to the stairs to see a soldier holding an Easter egg. As the soldier jerkily descends the stairs, we see that he's headless. He lurches toward Ben and Ben runs. The soldier calls, hey, egg boy, and Ben turns. <laughs> from where? And we see- <laughs> yeah, from his throat. Yeah. <laughs> and we see that it's Pennywise, not the soldier anymore. And Pennywise is running after him. Ben runs until he bumps into the mean librarian. And Pennywise and the soldier, of course, are both gone now. Of and course. Ben runs out into the daylight. We'll talk about it a little bit more later, but I do like that they're leaning on Derry's history with this. Yes. Right. That's very neat. I just wish we had a little bit more. Yes. But I agree. But he is quickly accosted by Henry and the gang. They take him to a bridge and pull his shirt over his head as they hold him like immobile. Mm -hmm. Victor slaps his belly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They pull his shirt back down and Patrick lights hairspray on fire, threatening to light his hair on fire like Michael Jackson. (laughs) The 80s. (laughs) But Henry pins him to the side of the bridge as he's just screaming. They all stop as a car slowly drives by. Ben calls for help as the man and the woman in the car just look at him. (laughs) The man's like, I'd let you in, but I have Carl Bartman in the car. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for for stopping. (laughs) But they just keep driving. And as they drive away, a red balloon rises in the back window. So they're co-opted. Right. And this is what I was 
alluding to when that lady went back inside. It's like maybe they all look the other way. You know what I mean? The adults. Right. And maybe I'm taking too much of that from the book because Mm -hmm. they kind of talk about that, how dairy is Pennywise's like playground. And maybe they don't explain that very well, but that's how (laughs) I took it. Right. I just, I mean, all the adults seem really... They're awful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Henry punches Ben in the face until his ears ring. Henry explains that the kissing bridge is for two things, kissing and carving names. (laughs) And I don't think he wants to kiss Ben. (laughs) (laughs) He takes out his switchblade and hastily carves an H into Ben's belly. Even Belch tells him that he's going too far. And Henry's like, shut up. (laughs) Ben pushes his feet against Henry and launches himself backward over the railing of the bridge. Angrier now, Henry runs after him and his cohorts follow. Now, for me, there's no rhyme or reason to carving Ben in the film. In the novel, he carves Ben's stomach because he wouldn't let Henry Him cheat. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't let Henry cheat on the test. And uh, so Henry's going to get held back because he couldn't cheat. Right. And so he's like, I'm going to fucking carve my name into your belly. Well, what test was that? The, just that one test? <laughs> they were like, Henry? Yeah, this is it. This is your <laughs> yeah, last chance, boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> but I think the thing is, is that him not having a reason makes Henry look more sadistic than he already is. Yeah. Right. But then you have him giving Bill a grace period. (laughs) So it's like, which is it? He's a complicated kid. I guess. (laughs) I just think he's a poorly written character, but go off. Complicated kid. They all roll down a hill and Ben reaches bottom first and runs. Once Henry stops, he realizes that he dropped his knife and says his dad is going to kill him. He sends the rest of the boys after Ben as he searches for the knife. Ben continues to run, going past a standpipe that the camera lingers on, and the other boys follow behind him. Elsewhere, Bill, Richie, Eddie, and Stan stand at the entrance of a sewer. Stan begins pointing out poison ivy, and Eddie says he already feels like he's itching. (laughs) Richie says that Eddie already has crabs from using his mother's bathroom, and Bill ignores all of this and starts going into the sewer. Richie follows and makes fun of Eddie and Stan for not wanting to go inside. Eddie tells him that the water is comprised of piss and shit, and the two begin to bicker until Bill shows them a shoe he found in the sewer. (laughs) He calls it gray water, which is a line from the novel. So I gave him points for that. Yeah. I just laughed at Eddie's performance when he's like, so I'm just telling you. Yeah. I'm not. (laughs) That kid is so funny. It is so good. (laughs) But Bill sees that on the inside of the shoe and marker is written B. Ripsum. Eddie still refuses to go inside, but Bill says that if he was Betty Ripsum or Georgie, he would want to be found, which is a fair point. Richie makes a crack about her being in there with one freaking shoe. Yeah. yeah. And Eddie tells him to shut up. I was like, why didn't you say beep, beep, beep Richie? Yeah. Like you're adapting it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Shut up, Richie. Yeah. It's like, did you read the fucking it doesn't, book? It doesn't have the same ring to it. No. Also, the cops are inept as fuck. If he, they've been in the sewer for five seconds and they found her shoe. Yeah. Literally, they just walked in. Yeah. <laughs> but Eddie says that he doesn't want to end up like, and he cuts himself off. Clearly, he was going to say Georgie. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to go missing. Stan says that it's summer and they're supposed to be having fun. And this isn't fun. It's scary and disgusting. <laughs> He's not wrong. No. Yeah. Yeah. Just then, Ben falls into view, filthy and bleeding. He struggles to stand, and the boys go over to help him. The next thing we see is Patrick coming to the sewer entrance where they had been standing. He goes inside and lights his hairspray lighter thing, 
And as he goes through the tunnels, he's following the sound of clattering. What? You're telling me there's no methane in the sewer? <laughs> it's like come out and play boom and just everything explodes that's what i I expected i was wondering why he's just wandering around with his hairspray in his pocket that's That's a a good good question question. too was that what it was like in the 80s i guess i mean we all had some aquanet to make sure our hair was good but this is the next level yeah He continues to taunt Ben and make the flames until someone whispers, you found us, Patrick. He lights the flame again to see decomposing bodies of dead children smiling and kind of advancing on him. He screams and runs away, (laughs) understandably so. As you do. Right. He falls and is covered in blood when he comes back up. He finally comes to the end of a tunnel and it's blocked off. He grabs a stick to defend himself and turns around in time to see a single red balloon floating toward him. The balloon reads, I heart dairy and pops to reveal Pennywise standing behind it. I like that. Yeah. And the balloon itself. I like. Yes. Too. We hear children singing as Pennywise shakily attacks Patrick. Now, uh, I don't know if you remember what happened to Mr. Hockstetter in the novel. Yes, I do. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, Bev is hiding in a junkyard because Henry and the group are there. Right. Well, she was already there. They come. She hides. Right. So. (laughs) All right. The other boys leave. Belch and um, Victor leave. Mm -hmm. And so it's just Patrick and Henry. And uh, they start. Patrick starts playing with himself and Henry. Mm -hmm. And he's multitasking. He's he's multitasking (laughs) and wants to take it a step further. And Henry's like, now the hand job is cool, but I'm not gay. (laughs) And. He's, he threatens Patrick and says if he tells anybody, he's going to tell everybody what's in Patrick's fridge. And Henry leaves all pissed off or whatever. Right. So Patrick goes to the fridge in the junkyard and opens it. And it's just a bunch of dead animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we kind of find out through Stephen King's, you know, elaboration and stuff that Patrick smothered his baby sibling when they were and they thought it was crib death. And so Patrick's a sociopath. And. He opens this fridge and Bev sees all the dead animals and stuff in it. And then Pennywise is like, hey, motherfucker, and drags him into the sewer. Mm -hmm. And that's how Patrick gets got. The other thing about that is that Patrick is arguably more sadistic than Henry is. Yeah. And he has much more of a story. And Mm -hmm. he takes a a backseat. Yeah. And for (laughs) this, he just kind of dies in the first 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It's like, thanks for having him here. But fucking what? (laughs) So I was like, okay, there goes Patrick. But yeah. <laughs> like, and this and- is Kylo Ren's little brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, yes, right. it is. <laughs> my my other thing is the fucking movement of Pennywise. I'm not here for that. You never like stuff like that. My thing is it's too conventional for it. Right. right. You know, is he really going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Oh, Pennywise, that's beneath yeah. you. Do better, Pennywise. <laughs> Do better. But I'm not even scared. No. <laughs> you ruined it. You Thanks. ruined it. The balloon trick was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but the boys hear Patrick screams as they ride back into town. Ben rides on the back of Bill's bike as Eddie worries about Ben's blood and the AIDS epidemic. <laughs> It's the it's 80s. The, yeah. um, but they pull into the alley behind the butcher shop and Bill tells Richie to wait with Ben as he and the others leave. Richie's like, I'm glad I got to meet you before you died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they go into the pharmacy and Eddie starts loading up on supplies for Ben. But Stan reminds them that they only have like three dollars. 
Bill tells, see if it was set in 1958, yeah. they could have bought the whole damn store. We, we own this pharmacy now. Yeah. <laughs> but Bill tells Eddie to use his mom's credit account, and Eddie says that he can't, and he'll spend the whole weekend in the ER if she finds out what they bought. In another aisle, Bev grabs a box of tampons and almost runs into Greta, but ducks into the aisle where the boys are to avoid her. She hides the tampons behind her back, which is pretty funny. <laughs> But they tell Bev that there's a kid outside who needs help and they need supplies for him, but they don't have enough money. We see Bev contemplate and then we cut to her flirting with the old ass pharmacist behind the counter. Yeah. This is Mr. Keen played by Joe Bostic. And this is not the character we get in the miniseries or, or the, the novel. novel. I don't like it. No, me neither. <laughs> um, I feel like they could have just stolen like without... You don't need to make the pharmacist a pedophile? Yeah, I... <laughs> sure. I mean... <laughs> sure. That's what I was kind of telling your sister. I was like, what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Isn't Greta his daughter? Right. So he's... I don't like this guy. Yeah, no, literally his daughter's age, and right? she, yeah. Gross. Um, uh. But he's distracted by her, and when she accidentally knocks something off the counter, he bends to pick it up, and the boys clumsily sneak out with all the shit, and Bev steals a pack of cigarettes. She earned it. She did. I mean, yeah, it was ew. really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the alley, Eddie patches up Ben's stomach, and Bill stares at Bev as she walks toward them. He tries to give her the money that they had, but the cigarettes were enough payment for her. She recognizes Ben, who tries to hide his wounds when she walks up. Ben tells her he just fell, and Richie throws him under the bus, telling her that Henry <laughs> Bowers did. <laughs> Why is he trying to hide the wounds? It gives him character. He's trying to be cool. Yeah. I just got my ass kicked by him. I'm not not bleeding out. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you doing this weekend? (laughs) She makes another new kids on the block joke and winks at him. Bill thanks her and sends her on her way, telling her they plan to go to the quarry tomorrow if she wants to join. But as soon as she leaves, they chastise Richie for bringing up Henry to her. They talk about the rumors of the boys that Bev has been with. And Henry apparently is one of them. They mentioned Bill kissing her in the school play in third grade and Ben looks fucking gutted. (laughs) No pun. (laughs) No pun intended. Richie puts on a British voice and instructs Eddie to bandage Ben's wound, much to Eddie's annoyance. They're so funny together. Yes, I love it. Before the scene ends, Stan like leans down, I guess, to check on Ben. And right behind him in the mural, we see Pennywise. (gasps) Now I got to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> I caught it this time. And it's funny because I think the mural is a reference to the Bradley gang shootout from the right, novel. Right, right. And that's accurate because they said they saw a clown in there. In the shootout, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, which right. which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about more because, again, they mention it in passing later. But, but don't. But, yeah. yeah. We jump to Bev's house and Bev quietly walks in and tries to go directly to her room. But she's stopped by her dad, Mr. Marsh, played by Stephen Bogart. There's one small thing here that I really like. Mm-hmm. When Bev walks in just before she's talking to her dad and kind of as she's talking to him, you can hear the TV in the living room and it says that kids should go down and play in the sewer <laughs> because in the sewer, they can be as silly as a clown. I didn't even catch I thought that. I heard that, but I yeah. was like, I'm, I'm just saying shit. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. I didn't, that is so cool. Yeah, I, I was didn't like, I, I actually love yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just on in the background. Uh-huh. And then something interesting happens in a second that I'll point out. Okay. (laughs) But her dad inspects the bag that she got from the pharmacy and holds her face after seeing what's in there. He smells her hair and strokes her ponytail, telling her to tell him that she's still his little girl. And she says yes, and he finally lets her go by. 
in the bathroom, Bev runs the sink as she sobs. She whispers, this is what you did to herself and cuts away at her hair, letting it fall into the sink and down the drain. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really weird. It's not like he's like, hey, you're my little girl, right? It's like no. very. No, 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 no. So all the adults and parents and they're all just like very weird and <laughs> fucked up. And like, I don't. Yeah. Dairy sucks. guys. Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> Real bad. When he leaves to go back in the living room, a baseball game is playing. So he wasn't even watching that. No. Oh, man. That's it's like cool. they're like, hey, Bev. Yeah. The sewers. <laughs> go to the sewers, Bev. Please. The next day, presumably, the boys, now including Ben with a bandaged stomach, stand at the top of the quarry in their underwear, spitting into the water. <laughs> they bicker about whose loogie was the best before Bill asks who's going to jump in first. Bev startles them by saying that she will. She pulls up on her bike, takes off her dress and runs past them and jumps down into the water. And it's like high up. Oh, yeah. And also her hair looks cute as shit for being hacked away (laughs) over the bathroom sink. Right. She did a great job. Between then and now, she she saw a stylist. (laughs) (laughs) But Richie laments that they were just showed up by a girl and they decide they have to jump in now. And they do. We see them playing and splashing in the water, having a great time. Bev catches Bill staring at her and Ben looks at them. Yeah. Yeah. He should be more focused on his wound getting all infected. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) But all right, I guess. What are you doing in the water? Priorities. (laughs) (laughs) But they mention that they discover a turtle under the water, which is a nod to something I'm sure we'll talk about later. Right. Yeah. It cuts to them listening to Bust a Move on the radio <laughs> as the boys stare at Bev, who's laid out in the sun. She looks at them and they all look away. And it's just a funny, They're tiny cute moment. faces. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was an interesting change because in the novel, she was already friends with them. With the, with some of them, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like she's new. they all are like, who the fuck is this yeah. now? You know, so I thought that was interesting because it changes the dynamic completely. It does. It does. Because it because Richie, she's like friends with Richie and I think mm-hmm. Eddie and they're like, no, oh. Bev school. Yeah. yeah. But here everyone's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and who is this? Yeah. Beaverly, but, you said? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think her name's Beaverly. <laughs> Heard some girls say it earlier. <laughs> but Richie goes into Ben's bag and finds the postcard that he wrote for Bev and Ben snatches it and puts it back. It's like, fucking be cool, man. (laughs) Richie finds a folder full of copied news articles from the Dairy History book of the Easter explosion. In the background, Eddie tells them about the Black Spot nightclub being burned down by a racist cult. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. It bothers me so much, again, because the fact of Mike being able to have more character, you know, that's the first part. Second part is the fact of... Mike and his father being able to have character moments. His father is not even here in this film. No, he's no. And we'll talk about where he's at, but he's yeah. he ain't here. So like, I, I don't know. It just bothers me a lot. And then fucking Ben coming out with the history. It bothered. No, it bothers me big time. Yeah. I remember you were telling me yeah, that. That's, that's when I was ranting. And yeah. Was just mm-hmm. Slow blinks. It's yeah. like, <laughs> okay. So is Mike here at all? Or <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, you know, that was kind of too. What I, like I said, I was confused about some stuff because I was like, I don't understand what's you know what I mean? Yeah. Who's supposed to be doing what? Because or... you watched the miniseries as a kid, right? Right. So you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. It was... That's not how this goes. No. Yeah. But Bev sits next to Bill to see the folder and he goes, your hair. And Ben goes, your hair is beautiful, Beverly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honey. Uh-huh. Oh. And hey, we've all been there. 
<laughs> uh, don't don't judge him too harshly. <laughs> but she thanks him. Richie asks why all these articles are about death and missing kids, and Ben says that Derry is unlike any place he's ever been to. People die or disappear in Derry at six times the national average, and that statistic is only for the adults. For kids, it's even more. He says that he has even more stuff if they want to see it, and Eddie's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) They pull up to Ben's house on their bikes and run inside as a woman staples a missing poster for Patrick Hockstetter on a telephone pole. Now, I appreciate this, but I wish they hadn't zoomed in on it. Yeah, I wish yeah. it was just something that was happening that you noticed if you noticed and you didn't if you didn't. I like Easter eggs. Right. But they're like, this motherfucker is missing. <laughs> <laughs> but inside, Richie makes fun of all the historical stuff Ben has up on the walls. And Ben elaborates on the town charter that he has posted up there. 91 people signed it only to disappear without a trace the next year. The camera scans over a drawing of the people and we zoom in on what is straight up Pennywise. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> He's standing among them in the picture. Yeah. You just fucking moved here, dude. Yeah. Why would you know any of this fucking See, history? That, that yeah. too, that was the thing that I was like, so you did all of this by yourself for no reason. <laughs> yeah. For no reason. Why? He's, He's curious like, as a cat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I moving to? Exactly. Let me dig lot. into the 1700s and yeah. shit. Come on. <laughs> but he says the only clue of what happened to the settlers or whatever mm-hmm. was a trail of bloody clothes that led to a well house. Behind them, Bev closes Ben's bedroom door to reveal a new Kids on the Block poster behind it. She smiles at him and he's like, fucking. (laughs) (laughs) That's our secret. She closes the door before any of the boys see it and he looks grateful for it. I would have liked that without the music cue. I know. (laughs) It seemed like a fucking sitcom. I was like, really? It It was was a bit. But Bill asks where that well house was, and Ben says that it has to be somewhere in town. It's like, okay, thanks, Brainiac. (laughs) But Bill looks up at the missing children posters on the wall. The next thing we see is Eddie walking home, but like he had his bike all day, so I don't know why he's walking. Yeah. Is this days later? (laughs) (laughs) Wearing the same clothes. But, right. He's walking home and he's whistling to himself, but he passes a rundown, haunted looking house on Kneebolt Street. His watch beeps, telling him it's time to take his medication. As he takes it out of his fanny pack, the door opens and we hear a growl. A hoarse voice whispers his name and asks what he's looking for. He tries to rush off, but he drops his pills and he stops to pick him up. And he's like, my mom will freak out. Yeah, dude. (laughs) He's like, she's going to fucking freak if she... I'm like, that's just to himself. He's so funny. He really is. Why would you stop right there to take your medicine? Just well, it's time. <laughs> no. Beep, beep, oh, oh, God. Stop what you're doing. No water? No. Yeah, no. Nah. Dry swallow, Eddie. <laughs> but as he reaches for the last pill, a dirty and bandaged hand picks it up for him and hands it over. Billy looks up and the voice asks, do you think this will help me, Eddie? The owner of the voice leans forward and we see a diseased and dirty leper drooling and growling. The leper is played by Javier Botet. Shut up. Yeah. From Conjuring. That's crazy. Oh. Or Conjuring 2. He was the crooked man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's great here. The design, though, is very similar to that woman in the painting. A little bit. I'm like, Muschietti knows what he likes. <laughs> <laughs> so not to get too into it, because Eddie is a little boy but yeah. in the novel the leper is a little more explicit yeah. <laughs> he's not talking about pills yeah look that up on your own time 
it's a lot. And then um, scrub your history. <laughs> <laughs> it reaches for Eddie and chases him. Eddie runs into the house on Kneebolt Street's yard and continues until he's stopped by the backyard fence. He turns, but the leper is gone now. Instead, Pennywise holds a group of balloons in the shape of an inverted triangle mm-hmm. over his face. He raises the balloons to reveal himself. His eyes are orange now and he smiles. Where are you going, Eds? He asked. If you lived here, you'd be home by now. Is he a real estate agent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, what can what can I do to put you in the house? It's a fixer upper, <laughs> admittedly. Admittedly, but Eddie just stares in fear. It tells him to come join the clown because he'll float down here. We all float down here. It laughs and Eddie screams, finally crawling through a hole in the fence. He turns around just in time to see all the balloons pop, but Pennywise is gone. So, just a couple things here. One that I thought was very interesting. I read on IMDb that the balloons, only the first like five or six were real. The Mm. rest were CGI. And I couldn't tell. They look really good. So, I mean, it can be done well and they do do it well in some points. But not a big fan of Pennywise's design. Are you? (laughs) I'm sorry. Are you compliment sandwiching this entire film? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing my best here. All right. But the score is great. Yeah, but I do love his commitment to the bit. No. Uh, my thing is, I understand he's an ancient evil, which we'll learn, you know, later, whatever. Yeah. But the Victorian era garments just don't work for me. And I, I, when they released his design before the film came out, I was like, hated it. But I feel like it's okay. I, I, I'm so impressed with Bill Skarsgård's performance that if I got to have the Victorian clothes, I'll, I'll take it, I guess. Get some new duds. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> I just think, I mean, I don't know. He's trying to lure these kids to eat them. Yes. No kid in the 80s is seeing that and being like, so you said the circus. Yeah. <laughs> Popcorn, you yes. say. Hey, you almost got Georgie. Almost. Well, he's young. Yeah, right. He was also six. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He is a no better. We jump to Bev's house and Bev goes into her room and takes a book out of her bag, but the postcard falls out of it, so... Ben's being a little sneaky. Slick. She goes into the bathroom and locks the door behind her and she sits in the tub and reads the poem. She smiles and holds the postcard to her chest. Just then a voice whispers, Beverly, help me. More voices join to tell her that they want to meet her and they all float down here. She finds that the voices are coming from the sink drain and she stands over it and she asks who's there and she gets numerous answers. Veronica, Betty Ripsum and Patrick Hockstetter. I like that a lot. Me too. And in the book, Veronica was a girl that went missing that Bev was friends with. She was in her Ah, class and she also spoke to her from the drain. So an interesting note on that as well is in the novel, Mike talks to Betty Ripsom's parents Mm -hmm. and her dad says that he heard Betty's voice in the drain. Oh, sure. And so it's like they're using that. Right. right. But just using it here. I like it a lot. Compliment sandwich. (laughs) Right. <laughs> hey Pennywise yeah. <laughs> but the giggling distorts and Bev leaves she passes her dad asleep on the couch with that same kid show on the TV yeah. that Eddie's mom had on and she grabs his tape measure back in the bathroom she extends it down the drain until it hits the bottom she pulls it back up but the bottom of it is covered in blood and hair sinks are gross anyway oh yeah, yeah. like The hair travels up the measurer and grabs both of her wrists, making her drop it. 
Moore shoot out of the drain and grab her around her neck, pulling her closer. It binds her legs and wraps around her face. It's like it's well, rough. If you hear voices coming out of the drain, please don't put your face don't, that close. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. I got almost Evil Dead vibes right. from the yeah. Right. yeah. I liked it a lot. She screams for her father as it pulls her further toward the sink. Blood shoots up from the drain, covering Bev and the entire bathroom in blood. And like it gets on the light. So yeah. it's like extra red in there. It's like only red in there. It's like a fucking Argento film. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But it lets her go and she backs into a corner. The blood gurgles and then stops. The hair recedes back into the drain, Final Destination style. Yeah. <laughs> They'll arrest us if they what? find out. <laughs> what happened in here? I'm just some drain hair. Yeah. But Bev screams and cries. Her dad enters and asks her what's going on. She says, the blood. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He kneels down and tells her that he worries about her. He asks why she cut her hair and makes her look like a boy, which now is not the time for that. Yeah. No. He leaves and Bev cries. Now, I feel like this is a nod to that famous line. Sometimes I worry about you, Bevy. Sometimes I worry a lot. Mm -hmm. But like, say the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. They, It's like they half measures. Right. Mike Ehrman Trout would be pissed. <laughs> he would be pissed. <laughs> We jump to Bill's house and he's asleep next to a drawing that he made of Bev. And so it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Here we go. Love triangle. Right. And poor, poor Ben. I feel like that could be the subtitle for the whole film. <laughs> poor Ben. Poor Ben. But the ceiling leaks down on him, waking him up. He takes a bucket out of a closet and starts heading back to his room. So I guess this is normal. But yeah, yeah. I'd be pissed at my parents. It's like, fix that. <laughs> Can we move my <laughs> yeah. bed at least? Yeah, I'm going to rearrange my room. I'm just right. <laughs> can't keep doing this every night. But a light in the room behind him turns on. He sets down the bucket and goes inside the room. And it's Georgie's room. Everything seems to be untouched. He picks up a Lego turtle from Georgie's bedside and begins to cry again. Turtle. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> The camera pans over to the door and we see a shadow of a child against it. The shadow runs away and Bill hears the footsteps. Okay, for me, and I don't hate what's about to happen. Right. This is a missed opportunity because in both the novel and the miniseries, he takes out a photo album in Georgie's room mm -hmm. and it opens by itself to a picture of Georgie and Georgie like starts talking shit to him and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I... <laughs> you ain't shit, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I, and the book is like bleeding and stuff. It's very creepy and right. like very effective. And I, I would have liked to have seen that, mm -hmm. but we don't. Their version of it could have been. I mean, what uh, they the did the way with, that they could have done yeah, it exactly. They kind of modernized the sink. Right. Yeah. They could have done something really cool here. But this is what we get. <laughs> <laughs> Bill leaves the room and finds muddy footprints leading downstairs. He follows them, only for them to stop in the kitchen. Suddenly, Georgie and his raincoat runs by. Startled, Bill drops the turtle and it breaks apart on the floor. The cellar door is open and Bill goes down to see that it's flooded with standing water. Standing against the wall, Georgie admits to him that he lost the boat and asks him not to be mad. Bill says that he's not mad and we see that Georgie is smiling in the shadows. Yeah. But you're like, oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> you see, Georgie's also missing an arm. Yeah. yeah. So Bill's like, I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He takes a few steps toward the stairs and tells Bill that it just floated off. But if Bill will come with him, he'll float too. He begins to repeat, giggling, you'll float too, until his voice becomes distorted and his face begins to decompose. 
Pennywise's head slowly rises out of the water as he mouths along with Georgie. We now see that Georgie is literally a puppet Pennywise is holding and Pennywise slams him down in the water. Screaming and shaking like you like, D. Oh, fantastic. He runs toward Bill, but Bill runs upstairs closing the door. <laughs> Smiling, his eyes roll back in his head and Pennywise slithers back into the water. I think that seeing Georgie's decomposed face was probably the first time that I was genuinely frightened in this film. It's very... And that little boy does yeah, a yeah. really oh, yeah. great job. I do feel like they kind of ruined it with Pennywise's, what you got, what you got, what you got, <laughs> running towards him. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that at I all. I thought he was like trying to shake the water off like a dog or something. I was like, yeah. I, I was like what He's is he like, doing? I don't, what you'll yeah. learn about me is I don't <laughs> like being wet. <laughs> Which is ironic. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we jump to Bev's apartment and she's waiting on the fire escape until she hears the boys riding by on their bikes. She stops them and tells them that she needs them to see something, but her dad will kill her if he knew she had boys in the apartment. So they tell Richie to stay outside and keep watch, advising him to do what he does best and talk if her dad shows up. <laughs> he says something smart alecky and then Eddie goes, shut up, Richie. Beep, beep, yeah. Richie. In the, in the novel, beep, beep, Richie, they would tell him because he runs his mouth constantly. Right. And so if they're like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, beep, yeah, beep, yeah. Richie. Like, stop. So, yeah, it's it's wasted. It's just odd. Because even if they don't explain it, they still could have said it. Yeah. And yeah. we would have appreciated it. But the rest of the boys follow Bev inside. As Bev cautiously leads them to the bathroom, Eddie recites statistics of how dangerous bathrooms are. And Bill slowly opens the door to reveal that the room is still covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Bev confirms that they all see it, too, because she felt crazy when her dad couldn't. And Stan tells her that if she's crazy, they're all crazy. Bill insists that they can't just leave it like this. And we get a cleaning montage as six <laughs> different ways by the cure plays. And all I can imagine is Richie standing by his bike being like, what the Dude, fuck? Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad for him. A great song, though. I love The Cure. Yes, I was very excited. John Paul shaking his head, but I was very excited. <laughs> but he's poor, poor Richie. I know. Yeah. It's like you she's, You said show them something. Yeah. <laughs> it's been three hours. <laughs> but as Ben leaves to go throw the trash, he stops and takes a look inside Bev's bedroom. He smiles to himself when he sees his postcard on her bed, but the smile is gone when he notices Bill and Bev laughing and talking together in the yeah. bathroom. Mm. Poor Ben. Yeah. In the bathroom, Bev interrupts Bill to tell him that what they say about her isn't true. She's only ever kissed one guy, and it was a long time ago, but it was a nice kiss. And I'm assuming this is the third grade play kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She tests the waters by saying, January embers? But Bill has no fucking idea what she's <laughs> Ben literally said, your hair was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And that's what the whole poem's about. <laughs> well. But you're like, yeah, it was Bill, I think. It yeah. has to be Bill. <laughs> right? Like, Why? He tells her that neither he nor the other losers ever believed the rumors anyway, and they like hanging out with her. She thanks him, but he tells her that hanging out with them makes her a loser too, and she's good with it. Outside, they walk their bikes as Richie talks shit to them for taking so long, <laughs> which I'm glad he mentioned it because yeah. I'm like... Right. Real quick before we move on, uh-huh. was this really necessary or needed to be that long, them cleaning the bathroom sure and did. all that? <laughs> We we needed the full song by we the cure. The cure. Uh, I mean, I get it, but like, did we really need it? <laughs> well, I think that you could have used that 
to flesh out some of the stuff they did at the Barrens in the book. You could have. Because they like mentioned the Barrens once and they're like, never talk about it again? Great. Got it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a really big deal. Yeah. I took it as maybe this was their showing them becoming a quartet or whatever. They're kind oh, of- right, right. Very nice. I mean, it's a really important moment because it's like something's going on right. and my dad couldn't see this but you guys can so what does that mean right right so it's an important moment but i mean i guess it maybe did go along yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but richie as he's talking shit mentions the imagined blood and bill says bev wasn't imagining it in fact he's seen something too he tells them that he saw georgie and it seemed real but eddie interjects the clown yeah he admits he's seen it too Ben and Stan are like, mm-hmm. They just... <laughs> <laughs> Richie asks if only virgins can see it, and that's why he hasn't seen anything. Fucking I yeah, jokester. I just can't. <laughs> but they suddenly notice Belch's car and start to leave, but they notice the, quote-unquote, homeschooled kid's bike thrown down next to it. Now, obviously, <sighs> in the book, Mike went to school with them, but yeah, anyway. Again, that bothered me. Uh, the other thing that was interesting, though, in a good way is... Eddie's shirt has an angry car on it. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. So I was like, all right. There's another shirt too that's a nod. Oh, yeah. Later, yeah. Oh, cool. That's really cool. But we see that obviously it's Mike's bike because the meat is still in the basket. And Bev says they have to help him and they follow her. Right. Because they were just going to fucking keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Down in the Barrens, Henry and co. are shoving Mike's face into the raw meat. Because, okay. And Mike looks up to see Pennywise looking at him from the plants. Its mouth is covered in blood and it uses a child's disembodied arm to wave at Mike. Cool, cool visual. It is. Mm -hmm. But we don't need this. (laughs) Mike already had his Pennywise encounter. I was going to say. And Mike's reaction is very underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, He's like, (laughs) wow, man. (laughs) Oh, shit, Henry. Yeah, he's more afraid of Henry than the. But Henry snatches Mike up and pins him back down. He raises a rock to hit Mike with, and suddenly he is hit in the head by a rock and knocked off of Mike. So I guess the rock was thrown really hard. (laughs) We see that Bev is the one who threw it, and everyone arms themselves. Mike crawls away across the water to the rest of them, the losers. Mm -hmm. Henry tells them that they're all trying too hard. If they want to do her, all they have to do is ask nicely like he did. And that is enough (laughs) for Ben. Dude. Well, Henry does this weird crotch grab thing (laughs) and it breaks Ben's brain. He's just like, like, dude, you're 10. Chill out. What is going on? No, but he fucking screams (laughs) and throws his rock, hitting Henry right in the head. Richie screams, rock war. (laughs) Why is it like a food fight? This isn't fun. (laughs) But then he takes one in the head right after he says that. But the war commences and Henry and his gang are eventually beaten. And Henry lays on the ground like stunned that this has happened. And the losers leave. Richie (laughs) flipping him the bird and telling him to go blow his dad. See, they should have went and jumped his ass. They should have. They should have. Never again. Yeah. After that. He was laying there like Skinner with the big tomato. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the thing that really like bothered me about this scene is that they filmed it like a coming of age comedy. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. I think it was Belch that they gave him like a slow motion line where he told Bev, he was like, fuck you. (laughs) I was like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, it's a a really pivotal moment. Yeah. 
that's not, only, not how it's played at all. Because this is the group now, finally. This right, is the yeah. lucky seven. The full group, and you're like playing it like it's fucking... And Henry Bowers is like this menace that's been tormenting them the whole film, and it's yeah. like, with us together, we beat him. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a big, big moment, and yeah, it, it, it's a little silly. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not into it. But as they leave, Mike thanks them, but he says they shouldn't have done that because now Henry's going to be after them. And Eddie's like, Henry's been after us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no change. But Richie welcomes him to the Losers Club. Later, I guess we see like a parade happening down the streets of Derry. And we zoom in on a missing person poster for a kid named Eddie Corcoran. And this was a very rich little subplot. Mm Mm-hmm in the novel right. because Eddie's little brother had died from an accident and then Eddie went missing and adults in his life spoke out to potential abuse at the hands of Eddie's stepfather. It led to his little brother being exhumed and them finding out that the stepfather murdered the the younger brother. Oh, so sure. they're like, okay, so you killed both of them. Right. So he goes to prison and he finds God and he apologizes and he admits to killing the little boy. But he's like, I didn't kill Eddie. I didn't do that. Right. And he didn't fucking Pennywise got him. But it's a really, really cool kind of detour. Yeah. Right. Um, but we, we get a missing person poster. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I know they don't have time to fucking introduce full characters. No, yeah. like that. introduce full characters. But that was an interesting <laughs> turn. Like you said, make it the fucking DCU. Yeah. The well, cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> but they say that part of Eddie's hand was found chewed up by the standpipe. And it's like, y'all shouldn't be playing down there. There's at least one body in one hand that have been found. So was that Pennywise? Right. He was chewing on Eddie's hand? Well, I thought it was Georgie. Me too. Before, and I'm like, oh, okay, I see. He just likes pulling arms off. Yeah. He likes likes arms. (laughs) He likes arms. (laughs) Jeez. But Bill lifts the poster to see that it, the poster for Eddie was put over the poster for Betty Ripson. Yeah. That's a little (laughs) fucked up, right? It's horrible. (laughs) But Bill says that it's like she's been forgotten. Like you literally could have put it right next to her. Yeah. Ben says that he thinks it's going to end soon. In his research, he discovered that there was the Ironworks explosion in 1908, the Bradley gang in 1935, and the Black Spot in 1962. And now kids are disappearing in 1989, which means something happens every 27 years. It makes me laugh because Ben says every and Bill goes 27 years. He's like, yeah, yeah. I was talking, yeah, I was, but I'm like, go off. I couldn't do the math that fast. But yeah. like, you're like, you're pretty good. You're a child. <laughs> you're but a child. There was the Ironworks explosion, the, the Kitchener Ironworks or something mm-hmm. like that. And then the Bradley gang, like you talked about, um, the gang had placed an order for a whole bunch of ammo and that, the like, guy, yeah, the guy <laughs> is like, yeah, we'll have it ready tomorrow. And then they get the whole town together to shoot them down. Them, their women, everybody. They shoot the whole gang down. And um, they, they're like, yeah, and I saw a clown back there. Yeah. Like Pennywise was there. Right. And so it's like every time that the town kind of bands together to do something horrible, whether it's uh, burning down the black spot or assassinating <laughs> the Bradley gang. Yeah. Pennywise is there. He has a hand all in right, it. All right, all right. I mean, it's it's a very rich story. I know right. I'm spoiling a lot, but no. read the book if you haven't. And if you want to listen to it, Stephen Weber does what I say is top tier narration. Like he's fucking incredible. It's one of the best I've ever. Period. But I I recommend it because there's so much that. I get why they couldn't put it in because it's like right, the right, backstory right. is probably a couple movies on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Richie asks if 
And I guess they went to a park to sit down and discuss this further. (laughs) But Richie asks if it just comes out to eat kids once every 27 years and then hibernates and Stu equates it to cicadas. Mike says that his grandfather thinks that dairy is cursed. All the bad things stem from one evil thing that feeds off of the people here. Stan says that it can't just be one thing because they all saw something different. Mike says possibly, but they could be seeing the same thing in the form of what scares them the most. Right. Pennywise is like, shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, and this is kind of what I was talking about, about it feeding off the people. And I'm like, is that why all the adults are awful? Mm -hmm. And because it's like, there was a cop in the novel that was like, you guys only come down here. If you're together, stay together, take care of each other. There's a library. That's a librarian. That's very kind to Ben Bev has a mom mm-hmm. that yeah. cares about yeah, her. Yeah, in the novel. And they've cut out every adult of value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's only, and uh, Mr. Keene, the pharmacist, let's make yeah. you a pedophile. Like, yeah. they've, every glimmer of good that they had in any authority <laughs> figure is just gone. I'm thinking about that librarian. She's like, got any friends, you piece of shit? <laughs> <Yeah>. Instead of... <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, it's just so bizarre. It's like, weird I that all the adults are that way in the movie. It I, just all of them. And like I said, that's why I was uh, we, you know, because sometimes we'll watch the movie together when we can for the show. But mm-hmm. I, I had told you I was like, I don't understand why they're all pieces of shit. I was like, there's not all one one yeah. good adult. I was like, I guess they're trying to make the kids seem more helpless than they already are. But I think what the novel had was enough. It was. And it was more realistic because like yeah. they can't all be bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess they can. <laughs> but Eddie admits that what he saw was a leper and Stan says that he didn't. It wasn't real. None of what any of them saw was real. He says it's all like bad dreams. But Mike says it's not. He knows the difference between dreaming and real life. Mike then admits that he has seen something, too, and says that he was in the burned down house on Harris Avenue when it burned. He says that his parents were trapped in the room next to him and tried to get out and save him. We hear the faint screams of his parents like as he's talking and Mike was rescued, but his parents died and the skin on their hands had melted down to the bone. So that wasn't the black spot that he saw. That was his parents. Right. A lot of his parents. Cause there was a lot yeah, of was like eight hands. It takes a village. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what bothers me is that tell me how, changing the black spot in all of Derry's history makes a richer story for Mike. Mike. It's less interesting. And I guess we can talk about it now. Um, they ruined Mike for me. Yeah. Right. Um, he was the one who had the history of Derry. His father was in the black spot when it burned. Um, his father was in his life. Like he tells him all this as he's dying of cancer. Right. Cause otherwise he really wouldn't have gone into these details, but And his father had done his own research. Yes. And so it's like Mike really is supposed to be the one to bring this information to the group, A, and B, it makes sense for the adult Mike that we know later. Right. This doesn't make sense to me. Like, I feel like Mike almost didn't need to be here. What pisses me off is that if they're going with film Mike, then in the second film, Mike needs to be like a farmer or something. Yeah. Like, because it does not make any sense for him to do what he does later. And I mean, I guess we can't really get into it because it spoils the next film or whatever. But uh, (laughs) I'll complain about it more when we cover it. Chapter two. I don't know when that will be. Um, (laughs) 
Mike says that everyone's afraid of something and they ask Richie what he's afraid of. And Richie looks over at a clown performing on a stage and quietly admits that he's afraid of clowns. So he's not even making Pennywise work for it. (laughs) (laughs) And in the, in the book it was werewolves. Yes. And so I have something to say to that. Yeah. In the miniseries in the book, Richie is afraid of werewolves, like you say, but it's tied to the theater because they see a horror movie about werewolves. Right. And it sticks with them. Exactly. My thing is just two things. One, behind the marquee when they're in town, uh-huh. Batman is playing. So if he's afraid of clowns, why why don't we do something with the Joker? Because he God is a clown. It. The oh, other yeah. thing, this fucking movie was distributed by New Line Cinema. It's the 80s. Why don't we use Freddy Krueger? You know, we're using in the novel and the miniseries all these classic monsters because that's what they were watching at the time. Right. Why update don't we? It. If you're yes, going to update it, then update it. Just use what they're watching at the time. It's infuriating. No, it's a missed opportunity is <laughs> yeah. what it is. Because imagine fucking you see a clownish thing with like Freddy Krueger's sweater with orange buttons on it. That's fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. Like a burned uh, clown. Yeah. Come on. Damn it. Huh. And New Line's like, yeah, we own that shit. Yeah. We got all that stuff right here. <laughs> Why don't we make... It a new (laughs) (laughs) let's do it but we jump to bill's house and they cover the windows in his garage and set up a projector ben provides film labeled old dairy they line up the map from the projector that bill has taken from his dad again you already fucking got in trouble for it once he's gonna be pissed yeah and they tack it up on the wall and Bill points out where Georgie disappeared, the ironworks and the black spot, noting that they're all connected by the sewers. So the <laughs> church is the synagogue. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's also connected. <laughs> but I'm like, isn't everything kind of connected by the sewers? If there's running right. water. I mean, yeah. it was a it was a leap, but yeah. he, he got there. So well, he's he, a child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a, Ben had all this shit in his bag already. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like these slides will help. He, no. came, he came prepared. He's just been waiting to show them to oh. someone. Mm-hmm. Now he finally has an excuse. Glad you asked. But <laughs> all the spots meet up at the old well house, which is now connected or now located in the house on Kneebolt Street. Right. But my only question was like a lot of kids have gone missing. So like what makes the spot where Georgie disappeared so special? Literally nothing. <laughs> like i don't know but there's a theory that pennywise was actually in the cellar with georgie and he was like nah not a good time and then he waited for him outside in the storm drain is that what the marbles were yes Hmm. so i mean yeah i'm not mad at it just a thought or maybe he's the first one in the new batch he's working out the kings he's like i've been sitting for 27 years (laughs) gotta get back it's like riding a bike Mm mm-hmm but Richie identifies the house on Kneebolt Street as the house where junkies hang out, and Bev says it feels like it's watching her. Eddie takes a puff of his inhaler, better than Margot Kidder did in Black <laughs> Christmas, and admits that that's where he saw the clown. Bill surmises that that must be where it lives. <laughs> a bit of a leap, but... <laughs> Just then, Eddie jumps up and says, it's supposed to be summer and he can't even breathe. He's about to have a fucking asthma attack. <laughs> He's sick of it, and he rips the map down from the wall. The projector starts to click on its own, cycling through old vacation photos of the Denbro family. Georgie is in them, which, Mm -hmm. damn. Yeah. In the final picture, Bill and Georgie hold hands with their parents, and their mother's red hair is blown over her face. The slides continue to go by, each one getting closer on Georgie's face. 
it pans back over to the mother and her hair blows back to reveal Pennywise. And it's like, Bill, your mom's fucking Pennywise. <laughs> you, you knew this whole time. He didn't tell. <laughs> God damn it. I knew it. Here's my question, though. Why does Pennywise have that fucking face on his face? I don't know. It's not. It's not scary. <laughs> it's not scary. It's just hilarious. He's like, hey, ah, it was me. But Richie screams, what the fuck is that? Which I appreciate because he hasn't seen it. Yeah. 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 Um, and as they all back away from the wall, Bev screams at them to turn it off and Mike kicks it over. Which I'm like, hey, hey, that's yeah. Yeah. my fucking ass beat for <laughs> the that. poster was bad enough. Now I'm <laughs> fucking ruining projectors. But the co- projector continues to click from its position on the floor. It shows a blurry photo of Pennywise until it clicks again and it's gone. Suddenly, Pennywise pops out of the wall, huge. Yeah. With orange eyes and his teeth bared in a smile. It growls and crawls toward Bev, reaching for her. But the boys pull up the garage door and in the light, it is gone. This was a bit much for me. Yeah. (laughs) Don't get me started. Super liminal. This is the least successful scare in the whole film for me. Giant CG Pennywise. Yeah. Like, like, ah, like yeah. Out the wall. I like the thing in the miniseries more, and I think it's in the novel where Pennywise just runs up on their spot inside of a picture in the photo yes. album. Yeah. And he's like, hey, kids. Hey, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. Is I'm that, real. I'm going to get you. That's yeah. when he's all like, you'll die if you try. Like, die if, if you, you try. try. Yes. I like that way more than, and Pennywise's teeth looked fucking like weird. Like, well, it was, like he, he doesn't even say anything. No. Yeah. He's just like, boom, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> it's just poorly structured and I, I know a lot of people enjoy this scare and enjoy a lot of aspects of this film but for me that fell so flat what bothered me hmm. Ben opened the door and she's like well, oh hey thanks yeah. <laughs> and she then says, hugs <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she thanks Ben and then walks right past him yeah. to hug Bill it's like he, well he wrote the poem right. so. like, oh, you <laughs> no he did not <laughs> you know he did yeah, yeah. Close, you got, close the door again. It's like, ah. <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. Leave him in there with the clown. <laughs> but Bill says they have to go to the house on Kneebolt Street because that's where Georgie is. Richie says, but it's summer. And that Bill goes off. Mm-hmm. He gets on his bike and goes by himself. The next thing we see is him arriving at the house on Kneebolt Street and walking toward the front door, able to get out his speech exercise this time. He thrusts his fist against the post, but still insists he sees the ghosts, which is very creepy and straight from the book. He could have chosen any other tongue twister. <laughs> very scary. <laughs> That's horrifying. Who <laughs> taught him that his mom? It's like, yeah. mom, chill. Yeah, right. I'm just trying to scare the shit out of you, kid. He's trying to scare the stutter away. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Isn't that how you do it? I think that's the hiccups, mom. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone arrives on their bikes and Bev tells him it's crazy to go in there. Bill says they don't have to go with him. But what happens when one of them disappears? He can't pretend it doesn't happen like everyone else in this town. He says every time he goes home, all he sees is that Georgie isn't there. So walking into this house is easier than walking into his own. Richie points out that Bill didn't stutter once during his speech. And I guess that's enough for him to be like, all right, I'm in. It just makes me laugh that Richie's like, I don't know if you guys noticed. but (laughs) (laughs) Normally, Bill has a stutter. Yeah. (laughs) But Stan says that they should leave a lookout in case something happens. And when I'll do it. Right. (laughs) I nominate me. Yeah. And when Bill asks who wants to stay outside, everyone raises their hand except for Beth. (laughs) The next thing we see is Richie, Eddie, and Bill walking into the house after apparently drawing straws and losing. (laughs) 
Richie finds a missing person poster of himself and goes into full panic mode until Bill calms him down. It isn't real. It is playing tricks on them. They hear a girl call for help from upstairs and they go. So I'm like, so that's real, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> He's a little... Uh... <laughs> You're a bit selective. <laughs> but they see Betty Ripsum laying in the doorway, gasping and coughing. They call her name and she's immediately yanked away. Richie and Bill go toward the door, but Eddie is stopped when the leper calls for him. He asks if they heard the leper too, but they left. <laughs> like, yeah. they're far. We would all be holding hands. Yeah. Uh, just want to call out the old conventional pull slide scare. Right. Come on. It's... Yeah. But Eddie uses his inhaler. Bill and Richie go into the room to find Betty Ripsom gone. The door closes behind them as a door opens in front of Eddie down the hall. He runs for Bill and Richie, but a hole opens up in the floor in front of the room that Bill and Richie are in. Suddenly, the leper places his hand on Eddie's shoulder and reminds him that it's time to take his pill. Eddie turns to see the pill in the leper's mouth and falls backward through the hole in the floor <laughs> falling through a table on the ground floor and then his watch beeps. So it was time to take <laughs> Upstairs, as Bill calls for Eddie and tries to open the door, Richie hears someone call his name looking for Eddie, which is like, that was not Eddie. No. But he goes into a dark room. The furniture is covered and there are pictures of clowns all over the walls. Bill, and this is uh, the shirt that he's wearing is a... Um, one of the stores in Derry in the novel. Oh, sweet. I think that's where they got their like ice cream sodas and stuff. Didn't even catch that. Yeah. But Bill sees Richie and of course the door slams between them and they can't get it open. And for me, that was two doors slamming back to back. And that it's that's too many doors slamming on their own. <laughs> Didn't you just learn not yeah, to separate? Don't yeah, separate. That's that's literally what I was like. Why are you splitting up now? Yeah. Like, what's what happening? just you happened? Just saw. Yeah. You're already one boy short and you've been in this house for a minute. Way to go. But the coverings, now that Richie is closed in the room, they fall off of everything. And Richie turns to see the room is filled with like clown statues and dolls, I guess. Yeah. And one of which is the classic Tim Curry Pennywise, yeah. which I thought was very cool. I thought that was very nice. And it looked adorable. <laughs> and I don't did. even like clowns. <laughs> it looked very cute. But once he calms down, realizing that none of the clowns are real, a small casket begins opening in the middle of the room. The word found is written in red over his missing person poster on the inside lid. And he goes over to it, which I... I yeah, That I was know. a choice. We don't need to look <laughs> in there. Yeah, no. As he walks over, one of the clowns turns its head toward him. Just the one. Just the one. But Richie pulls the veil off of the body in the tiny coffin to find a doll of himself with maggots crawling inside of it. He slams the lid closed only for Pennywise to jump out of it, telling him, beep, beep, Richie, which if we had heard this prior, exactly. would have been some payoff. It holds no weight here. Right. Because it's I like, mean, why it, does Pennywise know that? It's, like yeah. an, it's, <laughs> it's an Easter egg, I guess. <laughs> but like... Again, that would have hit home a little bit more. Right, right. Only, that's what my friends say. Yeah. Because then it seems like he's a presence that's been around with them. Yeah. Right, right. Now it just seems like he's being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which he is. Oh, yeah. But it runs toward him and Richie runs to the door. Bill gets it open just in time for Richie to be free and he closes it behind him. The mattress in the room they're in now begins to move and Eddie's head pokes out of it. <laughs> He asks if they want to play loogie as black liquid begins to pour from his mouth, which I don't want to play like that. Yeah, no. no. You win, Eddie. <laughs> it's a no. <laughs> but he shakes and goes back into the bed as the liquid inches toward Richie and Bill. 
Downstairs, Eddie gasps and sits up. His arm is clearly broken. Mm Mm-hmm. And a hand pops out of the fridge and the door opens to reveal Pennywise all twisted up inside. Yeah. He crawls out, untangling himself and comes toward Eddie. I thought that looked cool. His entire body was digital. I read on IMDb. Wow. And again, like I'm saying, some of the effects are pretty good. It that did, looked really it good. It looks like yeah. a contortionist. They, I read that they animated it backwards because they said Pennywise would have gotten into the fridge backwards. So they oh, have to. Man. Yeah, right. that that's probably why it, it looked so effective. Yeah. It's it smart. Really good. It's very good. He tells Eddie time to float and walks toward him in slow motion, mocking Eddie's gasping for right. air. I like him being an asshole and everything <laughs> like that. <laughs> but my issue is time to float would have worked better if his watch was beeping or if. Oh damn it! Yeah. That's true. Because if it was edited, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like the structure of these scares doesn't really work because. The lepers scared him with the time for the pill and then mm-hmm. his watch beeps. And then now we have that whole sequence with Richie and Bill. And then he says time to float. You're right. Because if it would have beeped and then he came out and said yeah. that. Yeah. yeah I right. guess. Because now it's just like, t- what? Well, t- time to float <laughs> felt like it was more for us. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, like, but and he did tell Eddie with the balloons that come with the clown and you'll float or some shit. Yeah, but time, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the joke was about time. Yeah, you're a clown. You know better. <laughs> but upstairs, Richie and Bill are faced with three doors labeled not scary at all, scary, and very scary. Downstairs, Pennywise taunts Eddie by pretending to bite his hand. He's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it grabs Eddie's face and mocks his sobs. And I read that this was the first scene because they kept Bill Skarsgård away from all the kids. Right. This was the first scene he shot with any of the kids. Mm. And so Eddie is gagging and sobbing. And and Bill Skarsgård said he's thinking, I'm, I'm traumatizing this kid. <laughs> and then they cut. And the little boy that plays Eddie is like, I love what you're doing with the character. And Bill Skarsgård was like, what the Are fuck? you fucking kidding me? <laughs> he said that they were little professionals is what well, he said. But that just wrong. makes me, yeah, that makes me laugh because he looks scared. Yeah. Like he looks terrified. Right. Upstairs, Richie and Bill race for the not scary at all door, which I would be like. Reverse psychology. Yeah. yeah you want me to go in the not scary at all door. So I'm going to go in the fucking yeah. very scary door. <laughs> but they open it. And in the darkness inside, Betty Ripsum asks for her shoe. Bill turns on the light and they see the top half of her hanging from the ceiling and like she has like no legs. Yeah, they're yeah. torn off completely. Yeah. Um, she needs more than her shoe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have my shoe and the leg to put it on, please. <laughs> but they all scream and Richie slams the door. Bill reminds Richie that none of this is real. It's just like that missing person poster. Down in the kitchen, Pennywise drools as it remarks on Eddie's tasty, tasty, beautiful fear. Eddie continues to cry and gag as Pennywise smiles his sharp smile. Its eyes roll back and its face slides back more and a lot of rows of teeth are revealed. He's a shark. Yes. (laughs) Bill and Richie open the door again to reveal the upstairs hallway because I guess reminding themselves that it's fake took it away. Mm -hmm. Pennywise immediately turns from Eddie when they open the door to get out of the room, which I thought was interesting. Bill and Richie hear Eddie screaming and run down to the kitchen. Pennywise turns to look at them, its hands still around Eddie's throat. It asks Bill, this isn't real enough for you, Billy? I'm not real enough for you? Well, it was real enough for Georgie and laughs, which was 
just petty yeah. on top of petty. It felt catty. I was it like, yeah. <laughs> a little. Where are your 101 yeah, Dalmatians tonight? <laughs> it screams and runs for the boys, but Bev comes out of nowhere and stabs it in the head with a spike from the fence outside, which kind of felt like. You guys remember the moment with the Night King in the final season of Game of Thrones? Now I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah. like, <laughs> how the hell did that happen? Yeah. You weren't even here. But to know what anyway. was going on to run in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, blood seemingly floats upward as if he's in water mm-hmm. and they all yell to run away. I thought that was a very nice touch. Yes, yeah. I totally agree. Looked very cool. Pennywise turns toward them, still drooling and laughing, but its face is distorted and the spike is still sticking through its head. Its hand breaks through its glove in a claw and it scratches Ben across the tummy before Homer Simpsoning into the shadows. <laughs> he needs to regroup, but <laughs> that was too much. That was, yeah, too much too fast. But I do like, uh, like we talked about earlier with the Wolfman hand. Right. Yeah. It's a nice nod to, even though it's Eddie instead of Richie, uh, we'll, right. we'll allow it. Like, yeah. Bill goes after him down into the basement in time to see him slithering down a well. Blood and discarded clothing are thrown around the well. He comes back upstairs and Richie tries to snap Eddie's arm back into place. Yeah, not smart. <laughs> Just leave it, man. Yeah. But he's like, don't you fucking... <laughs> Again, the kid is hilarious. Yes. But they all run outside. The next thing we see is Mrs. Casbrick picking Eddie up, blaming all the kids for his broken arm. Bill literally tells her that they were attacked. Yeah. And she's like, don't blame anybody else. It's like, lady. Are you listening to me at all? No. <laughs> Again, with these adults being yeah. assholes. Yeah. She drops her keys and Bev tries to pick them up for her, but she snatches them away. She gets in Bev's face and tells her that she's heard of her and she doesn't want a dirty girl like her touching her son. Which I'm surprised Ben wasn't like, brah. Yeah. <laughs> Throws a rock at her fucking face. <laughs> but, but Bill continues to try to explain, but she tells them all that they're monsters and Eddie is done with them. Eddie cries as his mother gets in and drives away. Once they're gone, Bill's like, all right, I know where he lives. Yeah. Like, we got this shit. And Step two. Ben, yeah. <laughs> ben is literally still holding his bleeding stomach yeah. and nobody yeah. gives a nobody fuck. Nobody cares. No. I even wrote that too. I was like, does nobody give a shit about Ben? No, he's like, I'm dying right now. <laughs> Again, poor Ben. Mm-hmm. His his H scar can't even be healed yet. No. He's like, yeah. It's like, give this boy a break. <laughs> but Bill's like, we'll be more prepared next time. And Stan snaps at him saying, there's not going to be a next time. He tells Bill that he's insane. And Bev says they have to do something because no one else will. Richie tells him to look at what just happened, citing Ben, who he says is leaking hamburger helper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, now is not the time. Yeah. Beep, beep, Richie. Yes. Bev tells Ben that he says himself that it comes back every 27 years. Ben says, that's fine, because <laughs> he'll be 40 by then yeah. and far away from here. <laughs> he says Bev wants to get out of dairy, too, and she says yes to run towards something, not away from it. Richie asked who invited Molly Ringwald anyway. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Somebody yeah. had to. <laughs> you got to call out the elephant. Right. I don't think saying it excuses it. Well, but, yeah. it halfway does. <laughs> but he says it's time to face facts. George is dead. So stop trying to get the rest of them killed too. Which was a whole lot. But Tea. no, no, look, <laughs> no, no lies, lies detected. detected. I don't, I'm sorry. Bill. <laughs> He'd have to say it like that. But Bill overreacts. <laughs> Yeah, I think we can all agree <laughs> that Bill's temper is well. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that's the real monster. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we learn in this scene. But Bill says Georgie isn't dead and tells Richie to take it back. So I guess my defense earlier of saying maybe he just wanted his body for closure. <laughs> no. Scratch that. Yeah. yeah. Georgie <laughs> is living it up in the Barrens with two butlers. <laughs> <laughs> But it ends in a fist fight with Richie getting punched in the face. He yells that they're a bunch of losers and they're going to get themselves killed. Bev tells them to stop because this is exactly what it wants. They're only alive because they were together, all of them, when they hurt it. Right. Mm -hmm. Richie says he's just trying to stay alive and shoulder checks Bill as he walks away. Stan and Ben follow him. Mike's like, I can't do this. Yeah. Dude, he's like, I met you guys yesterday. Yeah, no. (laughs) I don't even live in this town. (laughs) But he says his granddad was right. He's an outsider and he should just stay that way. Which I don't remember his grandfather saying no. that. Yeah. Deleted scene or <laughs> I guess. But he follows Richie, Ben, and Stan. Bill and Bev stand alone in the street and it cuts to black. So Dear God by XTC plays over a montage of all the losers kind of doing their own thing. Bev plays a keyboard. Bill sits at a table alone. Stan has his bar mitzvah. But Richie is at the bar mitzvah, which I thought was yeah. very sweet. They're still friends. Yeah. He didn't punch Richie in the face. I guess that's true. (laughs) Mike uses the bolt gun on the sheep. So I guess he's built up some animosity since the beginning of the film. And Ben goes to the library alone and notices a painting of a woman holding a baby by a well. Now, I think this is a nod to something in the novel where they see a picture of a woman holding a baby by the well and they don't know if she's about to throw her baby in, if they're Mm -hmm. just looking at, you know. And I will say... This song came out in 1986. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it. No, it feels very ahead of its time. And it gave me major Life is Strange vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were going to switch from Mike to fucking Max and Chloe. Oh, right. <laughs> like sitting like, at a oh, window. Or... Oh, they're not in this. Okay, oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> but we see Bev in the bath notice a drop of blood on the bathroom floor, mm-hmm. which they did. That bathroom was immaculate. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's Yeah, that's a really good question. But the montage ends and we're at Henry Bauer's house and it says August. Henry shoots at bottles while Belch and Victor watch and Patrick is, you know, dead. (laughs) (laughs) But they see a cat and Henry looks at Belch who immediately goes over to hold up the cat for him. Henry aims at the cat until a cop walks over to him and we see that it was the cop from the beginning that Henry saw and stopped fucking with Bill. Mm-hmm. It's his dad. Oh, uh, all right. So all that's right. where we... I yeah. like how you act like, you're, like you didn't watch it. <laughs> his dad! <laughs> no way! <laughs> but this is Officer Bowers played by Stuart Hughes and apparently Henry was supposed to be cleaning this gun and Officer Bowers is not happy with what he's doing with it instead. He yells in Henry's face, takes the gun and shoots at Henry's feet. He tells Belch and Victor to take a look at him now. When, and, and Henry is cowering and yeah. covering his face. And he tells them ain't nothing like a little fear to make a paper man crumble, which I thought was a great line. Yeah. That's a great line. I was First of all, I was like, is this his John Wayne? <laughs> but <laughs> Was this parenting in the 80s, man? Because he just screams, hey, in his face. And then (laughs) shooting at his feet. He's like, dance. (laughs) He's Yosemite Sam. Exactly. (laughs) He he wrote a parenting book. And Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
We cut to the pharmacy and his arm's still in a cast. Eddie goes up to the counter for a refill. Mr. Keen, the pedophile, goes to get it. But Greta pipes up from behind the counter. Like you said, this is his daughter, I guess. Mm -hmm. She tells him that his medication is a placebo, a.k.a. bullshit. She makes fun of him then for having no friends to sign his cast. And he's like, I just didn't want it to get dirty. Which is an Eddie thing. I'd believe it if I were her. She doesn't know Eddie like that. Mm -mm. (laughs) She says that she'll sign it, grabs a marker, and starts writing on his cast. Back at Henry's house, he sits in front of Belch's car, ignoring Victor and Belch. He hears kids laughing and gets up to follow the sound and finds a single red balloon tied to something in his mailbox. I got a quick question. Uh Mm. So are these wounds still from the rock fight that happened? A couple months ago. Yeah. (laughs) It's still they, scabbing over, yeah. I guess. I don't know. They fucked him up. <laughs> I guess. With shaking, with shaking hands, he takes out the package and opens it to reveal the pocket knife that he had dropped and lost in the Barrens. The next thing we see is Henry walking into his house. Was he like, you guys go home? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just leave him out there. With what happens next, I'm like, are Victor and Belch like, so do we wait for him? Yeah. Henry, or? <laughs> But his dad is asleep in front of the TV and that kid's show is playing again and we see empty beer bottles all on the table. Henry is clicking the pocket knife open and closed. Is that a correct term for opening a pocket knife? Right. What, clicking? Turning well, it on? It's, it ha- it's, <laughs> There's no electricity. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's spring-loaded. So it. So open and closed. Right. Okay. You're, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, but he's opening and closing it and then looking at the TV. The woman on the show says that she loves watching things float. We all float and you will too, Henry. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) She tells him to make it a wonderful day and kill him. The children chant with her as Henry presses the knife to the side of his father's neck. He presses the button and Officer Bowers opens his eyes. He grabs at his neck as blood pours out. The woman on the TV tells him, well done, and walks off screen. But as she is leaving, she looks fucking horrified. Yeah. Yeah. Pennywise and his red balloon sits with the kids. The kids continue to chant as Officer Bowers dies and Pennywise smiles. This sequence is perfect. It's fantastic. I love this so much. It is subtly creepy at the start with the TV and then the TV becomes the focus. Yeah. And then... See, that's how you build it up. Yes. Right. No. Like we've been seeing the same show the whole movie Mm -hmm. and And now we get the payoff. And nobody tells a joke to diffuse it either. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) No. We cut to Bev's house and she tries to leave but finds a lock on the door. Her dad asks where she's sneaking off to and he calls her over and holds her hand, telling her that he worries about her. Again, almost saying the line, but not saying <laughs> it. He says that people in town have been telling him she's been sneaking around the summer, sneaking around all summer with a bunch of boys. But that was months ago. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, okay. It's like, I've been home all month, like, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's old news, man. <laughs> but she insists that they're only friends. And he tells her he knows all too well what those boys think when they look at her. Gross. Mm-hmm. He squeezes her hand and asks if she's doing womanly things with them. And she says, no, he shows her the postcard and asks about it. She says it's just a poem, but he says that that's the case. Why did she have to hide it in her underwear drawer? What are you doing in my underwear drawer? Exactly. uh... He asks if she's still his girl and Bev yells, no, pulling her hand away and falling backward. He goes to her on the floor and asks if the boys know that she's his and she cuts him off. And I really don't know want to know what he was about to yeah, say. Yeah, it's best left unsaid. Right. And this is also 
a little added corner to this film because uh-huh. her dad is abusive. Right. And creepy. But it's not explicitly like I feel like they are saying that something is happening in right. this house. And I think we all know what that something is. Mm-hmm. And like in the novel, Bev is told, I guess, kind of from Pennywise right. as her father that he hit her because he wanted to do something else to her. So that wasn't happening in the novel. Right. But I feel like. Well, that that's it, there. That's what they're saying, right? Right. That's kind of why I said I'd have some questions because, <laughs> yeah, like this doesn't happen in the book like this because this he's is a, he he's, he hits her. Yeah. He's abusive. And there's a scene where her mom kind of asks her, is, "Has he if touched, it's been if yeah. that has right. been happening?" And Bev doesn't even know what she's talking yeah. about. And oh, it okay. kind of haunts her because she's like, "What the what hell the fuck does, does that, that mean?" mean? Right. Yeah. And so I think that's much more successful than just being blatant like this. Yeah. Yeah. This was. And then I had a... It's a whole lot. Yeah. I had something of a theory, but it gets thrown in the garbage Mm -hmm. in a second after this next scene. So I'll touch on it. But like I said, she cuts him off by kicking him in the nuts and then the face. (laughs) And she runs into the bathroom and locks herself in, but he kicks the door down and finds her in the shower. But when he pulls the curtain open, she hits him in the face with the lid for the toilet tank. Mm -hmm. Good for her. Yes, (laughs) good for her. He falls bleeding and unconscious and Bev turns to leave the room, but is grabbed by the throat by Pennywise. Now, you you guys both have watched movies with me and you know that I'm the easiest person to get in terms of jump scares. <laughs> right. I jump out of my skin like uh-huh. if the music gets too loud. This is the only jump scare i fucking dude i like hit the ceiling this, in the whole film I, in the whole film <laughs> i feel like i was very like oh fuck she just fucked her dad yeah. up and then boom. well it scared me are you saying that you thought that her dad was pennywise yes okay. and so that's my problem with this scene especially with what we see in a second i was like oh so her dad the reason he's being so overt and disgusting is because he's Pennywise right now. Right, right. And then Pennywise is like, nope, right uh-huh. here. Yeah. <laughs> Pennywise is like, I kill kids. I don't yeah. want that. that now don't that's me disgusting. <laughs> Later, Bill finds the door to Bev's apartment open and lets himself inside. He finds her dad still bleeding on the bathroom floor, like you said. So, so she it's just like, fucking murked her dad. Well, which, I mean, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Bev. Yeah. Um, didn't it say silver on his bike earlier? Yeah. Because it doesn't when he's God going damn it. And that's another thing. Silver is like a whole entity itself in right. the story. And he says, hi, silver away. And it's a whole thing. And it just, you get, he wrote silver on his bike. Well, right. <laughs> he says it, he says it once, but it sounds like he was coached to say it because he doesn't <laughs> say it right. But the other thing is that him saying hi, silver away at all fits a lot better if it's 1958. Yeah. Yeah. So again, because in 1988, they're like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, I don't know what that (laughs) is. What does that mean? But he goes into Bev's room, and written across the wall is, You die if you try, written in blood. Mm -hmm. And Bill runs. He goes to find Richie at the arcade and Richie is still pissed at him, but he softens and turns around when Bill tells him that it got Bev. At Eddie's house, he answers the phone and we see that what Greta had written on his cast was loser and (laughs) (laughs) huge letters. Why would she sign her name like that? (laughs) That's not how you spell Greta. No. 
but he drew a red V over the S and you're making a face, but I love this. I love this imagery very much. I think it inspired many a meme and tattoo. I love it. I think I like it, but I think people really fucking (laughs) ran into the ground. But Eddie tells whoever's on the phone that he'll meet them. But on his way out, he's, of course, stopped by his mother. She tells him that he can't go because he's just getting over his sickness. He asks, what sickness? Since his pills are all gazebos. They're bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I love this kid. So good. He throws the pills to the ground and Mrs. Kasprak looks horrified. She tells him that the medicine protects him. And Eddie says that the only people protecting him are his friends. And she made him turn his back on them when he needed them most. She sobs as she chases him. But Eddie leaves anyway. And it made me think of like in the miniseries, Bev's dad chases her out. But as soon as she gets past the porch, he's like, oh, Bevy. Like, and she does the same thing. Like, Is they he a vampire? They can't go past the porch. <laughs> They're all ghosts that are stuck yeah. in the house. <laughs> It's like, you can keep chasing it, but nobody told you to stop. (laughs) It's like, God damn it. (laughs) But the boys all reunited ride bikes down the street. And we see that Mike is equipped with his bolt gun and a lot of bolts. They ride to the house on knee bolt street and Eddie takes off his fanny pack and throws it across the yard. Character development. Yeah. Yeah. They all arm themselves with fence spikes and from Belch's car parked across the street. We see Henry watching them go inside. Which like, did he kill Belch? Yeah, right? <laughs> we're just friends. Up. I don't know. I read there's a deleted scene where after he kills his father, he kills both Nuh-uh. his friends. And so I'm like, why? Because now they're just disappeared. They're yeah. And, and he has he, he has, has Belch's car. car. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know. Right. Let us see that. Yeah. I would like to see that. Make Henry more evil. You know right. what I mean? But they enter the house on Kneebolt Street, except for Stan, who stays on the porch. Bill tells him that Bev was right. If they split up like last time, they're all dead. But he promises that they'll win if they stick together and stands like, all right, <laughs> and joins them. This situation bothers me a lot. And it's because in the novel, they, including Bev. Yes, decide, that's my issue. They decide to go confront it. Okay. Here, it's like a damsel in distress. I was about to say the exact we same thing. We have to go save Bev. Yeah. Right. Not we we have to not we need to And fight it, it wasn't, obviously, it was like a slingshot with silver, not, right, right. not a bolt gun but um bev is the best shot out of all of them she's the one armed going down there so i mean it's like why are you a bummer yeah it's a bummer stereotypical thing they're like well there's a girl in the group so we gotta save the girl take take stan or take you know i mean stan is like peripheral exactly yeah Yeah, what is his point i don't know and if and All if right. he's the one that's <laughs> <laughs> okay, if he's the one that's in denial, it makes the most sense that he would be taken by Pennywise, right? Right. Because now you to can't prove. deny it. Exactly. Well, no, yeah. Yeah. But let's make this movie. Exactly. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But they find the well in the basement and a rope to climb down, and Bill goes down first. Down in the sewers, a trail of blood drops lead to Bev, who's unconscious on the ground. Blood hits her face, and she wakes up and stumbles into like a high mountain of like kid shit. Right. Before we investigate that mountain of kid shit, (laughs) (laughs) the shot of them coming down the rope and everything, the music, that's when I realized I love this score. Yeah. No, it's great. But I just wanted to shout it out because I've, I, I need to say more positive things. Yeah. <laughs> compliment sandwich. There we go. That means the compliment so, the bread. An insult's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> 
But in the middle of this mountain is a stage set for Pennywise the Dancing Clown. And around the top of this mountain are kids floating in a circle, like suspended in the sky. The little sign for Pennywise Mm -hmm. was seen earlier in the old picture that they were looking at. So oh, shit. This is just his old shit. Right. <laughs> I like it. I like it's like, it a lot. I just have this. Mm-hmm. Bev tries to open a door to run, but she can't get it open. From behind her, Pennywise calls, Come on, Beverly, step right up. Come change. Come float. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll cheer. You'll die. Introducing Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Now, that's a hell of an introduction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A jack-in-the-box among the kids' items starts turning until it opens and a little Pennywise pops out. The stage opens, and with a fiery abyss behind him and a blank expression on his face, Pennywise dances for us. It's unnerving. I feel like a lot of people memed it and thought it was funny, but I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I think it's the stabilized head. Yes. That makes it creepy. Yeah. And say what you will. This motherfucker can bust a move. <laughs> they don't call him the dancing clown for nothing. <laughs> yeah, they... Uh actually sold this email of you doing that on destiny oh really and it was for it was uh for a halloween event some years <laughs> some years back but if you didn't buy it it's never come back oh shit they special yeah they've yeah. never sold it again well maybe in 27 years though yeah well <laughs> <laughs> you'll get another shot yeah Bev notices an open pipe and runs for it. But Pennywise, he's like, fuck this act. (laughs) He jumps off the stage and grabs her. It holds her up and she tells him she's not afraid. It sniffs her, confirming that this is true. And it's like, you will be. (laughs) And (laughs) to prove this, its face splits open, revealing the rows and rows of teeth. And the back of its throat, three bright lights move and we hear the sound of screams. Bev her eyes turned white begins to float as if in a trance. Very neat. Very. Yeah. And these are the deadlights, but I feel like we don't talk about it. No, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, back in the house, just as Mike begins to climb down the rope, Henry Bowers appears behind him. So this motherfucker sat in his car and waited, waited. this whole time, but he's psyching himself up. <laughs> It's like, I mean, all right, there's five of them right. or six of them. And, you, know. you already killed your dad, dude. Like, yeah, it's true. Just fucking in for a penny and for a pound, okay? <laughs> but Henry hits him in the head and Mike goes down. Henry looks down at the others in the well, makes sheep noises, and then pulls up the rope. Yeah. It's like, what do you know about that? Right? Because right. oh, right. the farm story isn't true anymore. Nope. Yeah. Show ain't. He turns back to Mike and tells him he should have listened when he told him to stay out of dairy. His parents didn't listen and look what happened to them. He said that when he walks by that house, he gets sad because he didn't do it himself. Right. He wrestles Mike, finally putting the bolt gun to his head. Mike hits it out of the way just before it goes off, hits Henry with a rock and rushes him, knocking him into the well. Henry screams and ping pongs off the side as he goes down. Mike loads the bolt gun with a bolt and drops the entirety of the rest of the ammo down the well. <laughs> well, it, they're CO2 cartridges. It's not a bolt gun, but... Oh, well. well <laughs> we've been talking for fucking like two hours. I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> I probably said bolt gun 500 times. Well, I mean, it does shoot a little rod out of it, but it's the CO2 you that's... motherfucker. <laughs> Go back and edit and just put air every time. (laughs) It'll sound all out of place. (laughs) Back in the sewers, Stan hears his name whispered. 
He turns thinking it's Bev, but it's Pennywise. Like, guys, it's never the person you think it is. <laughs> no. It's always going to be Pennywise. Have you not learned yet? Yeah. <laughs> when he turns back around, his friends are gone. Eddie notices that Stan is missing and they go after him. Stan is suddenly attacked by the woman from the picture. The boys hear him screaming and break into the room to find him on the ground with the woman's teeth clamped on his yeah. face. Now, the CG looks really bad. <laughs> it, it does. Because the, the mouth is just clearly not in the scene it's, for real. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's rough. But she sees them and backs into a pipe only to peek back out as Pennywise. <laughs> like yeah. we didn't know. <laughs> like, by the way. Hey. That was- <laughs> but Stan screams and cries, telling them that they made him come down here and then they left him. They're not his friends. It's like, Stan, you wandered away. Exactly. But, yeah. Um, I guess we won't be playing the blame game. Right. right. <laughs> he has teeth marks on both sides of his face. So like this shit happened for real. Mm-hmm. But behind them, Bill notices Georgie standing in a tunnel in his raincoat. Georgie runs and Bill grabs the CO2 gun <laughs> and, go- <laughs> and goes after him. Dude, Pennywise stays busy because he was just the painting woman. He's yeah. like, all right, let's try it. Take two. Switch up, switch up. <laughs> Bill's here now. Georgie it is. <laughs> As the rest of them comfort Stan, Eddie notices Bill has left and they all go after him. And I've noticed it's like Eddie's the only one paying attention. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Stan's gone. Bill's yeah. gone. The motherfucker's head <laughs> is on a swivel. Hey, but that makes sense for him. It does. But Bill follows Georgie until he finds Bev still floating in the air, hypnotized. He tries to jump, but he can't reach her. When he goes to get a stool, which is conveniently in the yeah. kid stuff, he sees Georgie run by and he's like, we'll come back for you. Yeah. <laughs> he tells her he'll come back for her and goes after Georgie. But as they search for Bill, Eddie falls and is horrified by floating decapitated heads in the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else? Yeah. Go off. (laughs) They find Bev and identify the rest of the floating kids as the missing kids from town, which, duh. But (laughs) they can't see from down there. (laughs) That's Betty Ripson. (laughs) Mike hoists Ben up and Ben pulls Bev down. He cries and screams and tries to wake her, but it doesn't work. He hugs her and finally kisses her, which brings her back with a gasp. Man, the actor who plays Ben is acting his heart out. man. He's so good. He's killing it. Yes. He's like sobbing and like, that's a lot. But she looks at Ben and says, January embers to which he replies with a smile. My heart burns there too. Just like fucking finally, man. Only took you the whole summer. (laughs) (laughs) But they hug until they remember that Bill is not with them. Right. (laughs) Bill has found Georgie who isn't wearing his raincoat anymore. And we see that his arm is gone and his other hand, he clutches the boat he asks Bill what took him so long, but Bill says he's been looking this whole time. Georgie tells him that the boat was so fast he couldn't keep up with it, and Bill reminds him that you call boats she. Call back. Mm-hmm. Georgie asks Bill to take him home and starts to cry. He says he misses them and their parents. The rest of the group finds them, but stands back behind Bill. Bill tells Georgie that he wants nothing more than for him to come home with him. Georgie tells Bill that he loves him and Bill tells him he loves him too. But just then he takes out the gun and holds it to Georgie's head as Georgie cries and whimpers. He tells him, but you're not Georgie and shoots a hole in the center of his head. Georgie falls backward for a moment. Nothing happens. And even I'm like, Oh yeah. fuck. Yeah. He killed his brother. <laughs> I was, I was waiting for the alligator Butler to come out <laughs> and be like, no, what did you do? <laughs> Not Master Georgie. We're making drinks for everyone. 
But then he begins to shake and scream and transform into Pennywise. It stands and everyone screams at Bill to kill it. But Mike keeps reiterating it's not loaded. Mm -hmm. It's like Mike. (laughs) Regardless, Bill aims the bolt gun at Pennywise and shoots, causing a hole to form in the middle of his head. Now, if you've seen the miniseries, I take this as the this is battery acid, you slime (laughs) moment, right? Because he believed it. So it happened. Personally, I prefer the battery acid moment. For sure. Because it's more of a character moment for Eddie. And I just want to see more Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. He's, he's turning that weakness into a strength. Yeah. Right. How can you say that? The, I mean, ah, I'll yeah. stop. I'll... No, you're right, though. A fight ensues leading to the kids basically getting their ass kicked and Pennywise <laughs> taking Bill. It says that it's going to take all of them to feast on their flesh and feed on their fear or they can leave him alone and he'll only take Bill and go rest. He's like, I'm fucking yeah. tired. <laughs> you kids were a lot more trouble <laughs> than, you usually than I are. thought. Bill tells them all to leave because it's his fault that they're here. And Pennywise takes this opportunity to mock his stutter some more. <laughs> Just a dick. Yeah. Richie tells them he's right. It is his fault. He punched him in the face, made him walk through shitty water, took him to a crackhead house. And now he's going to make him kill this fucking clown. <laughs> I'm like, is this the time to go through your <laughs> <Yeah>. history together? <laughs> when we met in second grade, Bill, right. <laughs> an entered fucking what dimensional you- clown is holding your best friend hostage. <laughs> you had to have a it- cool line, man. Yeah. I guess. They all take turns beating the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They're whooping his monkey yeah. ass. It's fucking death proof. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He turns into their fears each time he's hit. They get him down and he turns into the leper, vomiting all over Eddie. And poor Eddie, because that shit stays there. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie kicks it in the face and now it's Bev's dad. He asks if Bev is still his little and she shoves the spike down his throat. It crawls away, shivering and shaking. Bill tells it that it couldn't kill Bev because Bev wasn't afraid of it. And now none of them are either. He says Pennywise is the one that should be afraid because now it's going to starve. Pennywise flips back into the well, ever the showman, (laughs) and holds on reciting Bill's speech exercise. Bill readies a spike to hit him, and Pennywise's head breaks open on its own, the inside spilling into the air. He says, fear, and falls into the well. I love the look of his head coming apart. Yes. That looked really cool. It's like uh, floating again Mm -hmm. into the ether. But Bill hugs Bev, and they notice that all the kids are starting to float down. So huh like are they yeah. alive yeah, I, like do they get to go home and they're like what what happened yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but bill finds georgie's raincoat and begins to cry they all hug him and it fades to black now i i understand why they beat his ass mm-hmm. i feel kind of bad <laughs> you know what I mean? poor little clown yeah. i just feel like it's very anticlimactic it yeah they just fucking take turns because like in the book you get this like cosmic journey with like the the turtle that we keep talking about right. and the ritual the ritual of chud and then here they just fucking they're like we're gonna whoop his ass <laughs> <laughs> just brings it down to earth a little bit yeah. i guess simple but effective i guess <laughs> but a card reads september and they're all in a field bev tells them that she thought she was dead and she says that she saw them all back there again but older She remembers how they felt and how scared they all were, and she doesn't think she'll ever forget it. Bill grabs a piece of broken glass and stands up. He asks them all to swear that if it comes back, they will come back too. 
they stand and Bill cuts each of their hands. Now, in the novel, this is Stan. Mm-hmm. Can Stan fucking have anything? Yeah. <laughs> nope. It all goes to fucking Bill. Like, like, okay, Mike gets nothing, Stan gets nothing, and break. That's right. the writer's room. <laughs> Literally. Damn. Give it to Ben, give it to Bill. <laughs> have a good night. Yeah. And there were more sanitary ways to go about this. There was. Yeah, where did you find that glass? Just here on it the ground. It was just on the ground. Yeah, no. <laughs> what are you doing? It's down there. <laughs> they all join their bleeding hands and stand in a circle together. It's a really great shot, and we get a really good view of Eddie's cast, which right. I love. But Stan leaves first, followed by Eddie, Mike, Richie, and then Ben, which Ben was third re- wheeling it for yeah. as long as he yeah. could. Like, so, Bill, you going to leave? <laughs> <laughs> or... Okay, I guess I will. She knows I wrote the poem now. Right. (laughs) Alone now, Bill asks if Bev is packed for Portland. She leaves in the morning to stay with her aunt, who told her she can stay as long as she wants. Because I guess literally her dad is dead. She killed her father. (laughs) I mean, we shouldn't be laughing. No, it's just a big change is all. She tells Bill that she never felt like a loser when they were all together. She leaves, but he runs after her and they kiss. She holds his face, smearing her blood on it, and leaves. So you never cared about the poem. Yeah. No. Like, you like, never I just really wanted it to be you. Yeah. <laughs> I hoped it was you. Yeah. Now you got blood all over your face. Yeah. Yeah. But Mark Bel- your man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bell's really. <laughs> Bill smiles and it cuts to black. We get another card, It Chapter One. I guess teasing the what's, what? what's yeah. coming what could come after. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you guys think of it? Chapter one. I re- I do like this movie. I won't say I really, really like it, but I do. I did enjoy it. I had fun with it, but I think a lot of it was the chemistry of the kids. Right. You know That's what a I mean? Big, it's a big factor. And it, it did. I, for me, it played a big role in them. You know what I mean? How they bounced off each other and how... And it's always funny to hear kids cuss. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> whatnot. Uh, I do like the story and whatnot. I haven't, you know, read the novel like you guys. And I obviously don't remember a lot of, you know, the miniseries and whatnot. But it's just really... There's just some things that I do have problems with. You know what I mean? Right. Like you said. And it's just... It kind of takes me out of it at some points and even the ending kind of i don't want to say it left me feeling empty but it kind of left me kind of like you know like that was it you know there was <laughs> so yes it left me feeling empty <laughs> it ends very abruptly right i i was very surprised watching it this time I'm like oh shit they just cut off yeah no right yeah, that was we're it. just done all yeah. right but no i agree with you i mean there are things about this movie that are successful right but there are other parts of the movie, especially all the changes made to the novel. Yeah. A lot of them are just unnecessary. Right. You know, and I think my biggest thing, I know you and I, whenever this movie was announced and it was announced that Kerry Fukunaga was going to be directing it, I was excited because of yeah. how much we love True Detective. Mm-hmm. And he was attached to the movie for six years. And there were massive differences between him and the studio because he wanted to make a coming of age horror film that relied on fear and suspense not conventional scares. Right. And so they kind of parted ways and then Muschietti comes in and makes a coming of age horror film based on conventional scares. And it kind He's of... like, I heard y'all like conventional <laughs> <Yeah>. scares. <laughs> so we put Ew. conventional scares in <laughs> your conventional your scares. <laughs> but, you know, so I'm, I'm, I would have liked less like dragging someone away. Right, right. Or fucking 
bum rushing people. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't need to see Pennywise acting like Dr. Vanekit. Yeah. Right. You know, and another thing that really upsets me is that I heard between Fukunaga and Mushietti, Mike Flanagan really tried to attach his name to this film. I'm going to burn this whole house. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, if we could have gotten Mike Flanagan's it, this I would my complaints would not no. even have, have, have happened right. because, you know, he's not going to fuck with it. No, because he respects. And I think that's the thing is, I don't know how much and this might sound like a dick thing. I don't mean to be mean. I just don't know how much Muschietti respects the material. Right. Especially with what they did to Mike. Well, and I, I had read a thing where he was like, well, we don't like I don't like the whole cosmic thing. And I'm like, but that's, <laughs> that's the whole fucking you're a Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> but I thought you, you know, you're making it, right? right. Oh, okay. It's like I never cared for clowns. It's like, <laughs> what? Right, what? No. But I mean, it, it's, he was clearly willing to give the studio what they wanted. And sometimes it is successful. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, it, it's a lot of wasted potential. Right, right. Especially with a story this good. I think that's the thing is I love the story of this film because of course I do. Right. I already know it. Um, I don't, I feel like my, my biggest issue is Mike that really, really gets under my skin and I don't know why they did it. I don't, I don't understand maybe to make Ben more interesting, but like, can't everyone bring something to the table? Stan and Mike, it's like fucking who? Yeah. (laughs) I I don't, I don't, I don't know. But the moments that work really, really work. Like we talked about, uh, Georgie with his face decomposing. It's unnerving. Um, Henry Bowers, his dad, that whole thing. That yeah. fantastic. There's a lot of really cool visuals. And maybe I'm the only one, but I I really like what Bill Skarsgård did. I feel like he was very creepy. And like you said, he fucking, he didn't hold anything back. <laughs> that he, I, he put everything into it. I liked how committed he was to the role. There was not, okay, I know I said that he was terrifying from jump, right? As far as his appearance. Right. But he is. I can say with absolute certainty, I did not once find his Pennywise scary because I think they made him mm. too stereotypically scary clown. And so I wasn't frightened by it. I was like, oh, well, of course he's got the frills. Of course he's got the sharp teeth. Of course, you know, he's feel, got the bullum head. I feel, right, right. <laughs> I feel like there's a couple moments when he's scary, but I think that's maybe an issue I have with the whole film is there aren't a lot of moments that are genuinely scary. No. And this right. is it. Yeah. And I mean, listening to the audiobook to prepare for the episode, there are moments listening to the book where I'm like, oh, fuck, let me turn the yeah. light on. Like, it's it's, cre- it's fucking creepy and scary. Right. So, like, I would have liked to maybe, as weird as this sounds, maybe lose a little sleep after watching this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Scare I didn't. me, man. Yeah, I would love to be scared. But, I mean, there's, there's more to talk about because there is a second part to this film. Right. And I'm sure that there will be more to unpack there. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe we should call it for right now. All right. And move along into ratings. I came today prepared to give the highest score at the table, and I'm I'm sure I'm going to. <laughs> uh, but I feel, and I had told my friend Kristen, I said, I am going to fuck around and think that I live in Derry. I'm watching the miniseries. I'm working on the script for the film. I'm listening to the fucking, I am eating, drinking, sleeping it. Like You're going to hear things I'm, in the sink. <laughs> Like if something fucking happens to me, but I'm just so immersed in it. And I love the story so much. And like I said, I like Bill Skarsgård. I feel like he, 
there is, he's not perfect right. I, and that's not his fault. I'd say that's probably more Muschietti's fault. I agree. Um, but anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, again, and I know this, this is generous, but on a scale from one to 10 red balloons, I'm going to give it chapter one, eight out of 10 red balloons. I'm getting faces already. <laughs> very generous. And I will now open up the floor. Those kids, man, they're funny as fuck. No, like, oh, they, they are. did a really great job. And I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. And uh, I'm going to, not the score. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about the kids. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. The kids saved a lot for yeah. me in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy the. There is a lot of cool shots, but like you said, too, some of the CGI is <sighs> CGI not really, yeah, yeah, not mm-hmm. really too good. Um, I I was confused, and like I said, I haven't read the novel and all that. But like Stan and like Mike and all that, it's like they don't really do much. Why are no. you here? Yeah, it's like why did you did you just like I don't I don't get it. You know, you need extra characters, or did you? <laughs> But like you're saying in the books, they do more. Yeah. They do. You know, Everybody brings something to right. the table. Genuinely. I just don't understand why they did that. And like I said, it, I just felt kind of empty afterwards. It was mm-hmm. like, that's it? It's like, that's all you're going to give me? Where's the rest of it? It's like, there's more here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But on a scale from one to 10 red balloons, I'm going to give it chapter one, seven red balloons. We and were the, all leaned in. So yeah. And, well, <laughs> go on. Well, the, How the, many? And, and the only reason, like I said, the, the chemistry with the kids mm-hmm. and the story and them, you know, cussing with each other and being funny and whatever. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it is hard to find kids that are like you want to watch the movie or yes, whatever. And yeah. all, none of them were annoying. No. no. And that's a miracle. Yeah. And, and it helped. That's what I'm saying. That helped me in my rating because it was like, well, fuck, I didn't hate any of them. No. <laughs> so like, they were all funny. They all they didn't all bring anything, but they right. all, you know, played a part. Mm-hmm. Something that I very quickly forgot to mention was they chose an interesting way to tell this because in both the novel and the miniseries, we bounce back and forth right. between the losers as adults and as kids. OK, so it was interesting for the the movie to be presented as no this is the backstory right, this right. is only the kids and we'll see what happens later, later. i thought that All was right. interesting i think it would have been a much better tease if they had cast one of the adults what and i can't agree more the yeah. end is that oh yeah, you know okay, what i mean yeah, or maybe yeah. one of them answering the phone yes, or something something I like mean, that yeah. a phone ringing yeah. and then somebody saying it's back or yeah. something like right. that but for my score, I, I have a list of pros and a list of cons. I'm just gonna work through them real quick. I know I've been very negative, but I've also I've also had some positives. Compliment sandwich. So yes. I will go pros first. Cinematography looks great. It does. Great performances from these kids. Mm-hmm. Great commitment from Bill Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. I don't really like his Pennywise, but I think you're right that that's more Muschietti. Yeah, that's how I feel about Skarsgård it. fucking brings it. He brought yeah. it, dude. And he, he means every word. <laughs> yes. uh, some of the visuals are great, and I love to see a R-rated horror film make bank. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Cons, those unnecessary changes, too much reliance on Pennywise and him popping up when he doesn't need to be there. <laughs> He's like, remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't forget that. <laughs> uh, 
over-reliance on CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, the fact that it's just not very scary. And it, it's yeah. it's not. You know? Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Not that I, if a film scares me, oh, a 10. I'm not like that. I, I mean, I give extra points. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I would like to be scared by it. And I, I also found it tonally inconsistent. And that's something we will get into again. We'll talk more. We'll talk more. Um, at, at some point. When I when I talked to dad, he said that it basically just doesn't flat out have the emotional weight of the novel or the miniseries. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. And even as much as we talk about loving these kids, I right. would like even more development yeah. and more getting to know them and maybe seeing them at home a little bit more. Well, maybe that was the empty feeling. Because we never we never even see Ben's mom. We don't don't even like some of them don't even have parents. I feel (laughs) (laughs) like I feel like it has the beats, but it lacks the heart. That's fair. But I digress. On a scale from one to ten red balloons, I'm gonna give it chapter one six point five red balloons out of ten. Yowza. I just think I mean the characterization is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And it's a really big deal that they take away all of Bev's agency at the end. They do. Yeah. Instead they do. of her deciding, because if I recall, it was her. Yeah. And she's the the crack shot. And now they're just like, no, you're going to float in the sewer and wait for the boys to rescue <laughs> you're you. You're a girl. Yeah. Did you forget so. you're a girl? So, I mean, that bothers me a lot, but I'll stop being shitty. <laughs> But there, I mean, there are good parts. That's why I'm not giving it a low score. Right. This is not, this is above average. But when you have Stephen King's It to pull from. You better bring it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate It Chapter One? And what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at The Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, in these times when it's easy to be divided, especially in the darkest days, we are always stronger together. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing like a sewer party. Right. Uh, smells great. <laughs> <laughs> like popcorn. Oh, yeah. A special Can you smell thank the circus name? <laughs> <laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Husden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent and Allison Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas. Travis Anissa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Jacob Tyler, and Carissa. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Red balloons for everyone. (laughs) You've all made it possible for us to form our very own Losers Club. Aw. Aw, you guys. Sweet, more than a cheesy. I had a sweet one. Yeah, Yeah. I appreciate it. (laughs) Until next time.